my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. How's everyone's November so far? I'm doing good. So I'd like to introduce to you the next series that I'm doing, series of episodes I'm doing for the month of November. This series is entitled Back to School Part two. Now, you know, last fall I did back the back to school series. This is back to school part two. Now, not all of these, actually, if you think about it, only one of these episodes is a first day of school type episode. The rest are just, you know, the kids being in school and having a school related storyline going on. All right, so. Of course, the first one I'll be covering is from Season 2. It's Episode 17 of Full House, entitled El Problema Grande de DJ. And then, well, of course, you know, that's a DJ episode. The next one is going to be a Stephanie episode, also from Full House. Season 5, Episode 17, entitled Spellbound. This is the episode where Stephanie takes pride that she is the best speller in the house. And she has been nominated for Mr. Lowry's class to be part of the spelling bee, the school spelling bee. And of course, she has a rival, Davy Chu, who is like the end all be all when it comes to spelling. Of course, El Problema Grande DJ, going back to that for a minute, that is where DJ is struggling in her Spanish class. And Danny goes to confront DJ's teacher or more like just kind of see how DJ got a D in Spanish. Now we know if DJ doesn't get a good grade in Spanish, how is she going to go to Spain at the end of season five? How is she going to go to Spain, meet Steve, come back with Steve as her boyfriend? She has to pass the Spanish class, guys. She's got to. And then we go to Fuller House for the last two episodes of this Back to School Part 2 series with Fast Times at Bayview High, which Season 3, Episode 12, that's going to focus on, of course, Jackson and Ramona entering high school. And Season 4, Episode 7 of Fuller House, called President Fuller, is going to focus on Max running for school president. And basically, he's unopposed until... Rose decides she also wants to run for class president. And we know that there's been a love connection since season two, since they first laid eyes on each other. Now it's kind of like, how is this going to work? How is their relationship relationship going to stand them on opposite sides? Basically running against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, 
Guys, I do want to apologize for audacity. Sometimes when I'm recording, I'll look at the screen and I'll be talking and realize that it cut off some of my dialogue. So then I have to stop recording and go back and find out where it stopped. Yeah. It hasn't always done that, but it is a big pain in the butt. (laughs) Of course, before I get into talking about Season 2's El Problemo Grande de DJ, I want to let you, Tanner Newbies, if you're just jumping on board for the podcast for the first time, first of all, welcome along. I want to let you know that this podcast is a bit different. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast episode. I do series of episodes. I don't necessarily go straight through episode by episode, season by season, like other Full House, Fuller House podcasts do. I like to pick episodes based on a subject, like this one's Back to School, or a holiday, like Christmas, a series of Christmas episodes, which I put out in December, or the time of year, you know, the summer fun series from last summer or the end of school series from May of 2019. So, of course, (laughs) now I'm losing my train of thought. I apologize. Okay. So, I want to let you know where you can find the podcast to listen to it. It is available on SoundCloud. It is also available on Apple Podcasts. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will show up in the search bar. Also, if you search for it on Facebook, again, put in Full House, Fuller House Podcast. No one's putting in Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas. That whole title. Just life is too short to type all that out. So, yeah, and also... If you're liking the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. The episodes are weekly. And if you've been enjoying the podcast for a while, you want to show the support, I do not do Patreon. You know, other podcasts do for support for extra content. I just, I want to give you guys this content for free because I love the show. I grew up with the show and I want to provide it for free. So the only thing I ask in return, if you got a sec... If you can jump on the iTunes, if you can leave a review, that would be really, really great. That way, we can the more reviews it gets, the more noticed it gets by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Also, if you'd like to reach out to the podcast, email style, you can send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell me about your favorite Full House memories, your favorite Fuller House memories. If you got a top 10 list, a top 5 list, favorite characters, favorite moments from either show, your favorite characters, your favorite character moments, moments that you didn't like on the show, characters you didn't like. I'm looking at you, Gia. (laughs) Characters that you wish had been on for more than two episodes. I'm looking at you, Mickey. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, Gia, I I could kind of take her leave her. I mean, if we had to have Gia to get Rocky, who's, she's not tough as nails. She has a thick exterior, but she's got a heart of gold. And I just, I love, that's just, I just, I want to give a shout out to Rocky. And I want to give a shout out to Landry Bender, who plays Rocky on Fuller House. 
does a great job. And I love her relationship with Jackson. She's kind of salty and sweet. And she really kind of makes him work for the relationship, which is also kind of fun. And I love also how she calls Jackson out for a lot of his, you know, goofiness. And when he's, you know, like the prom episode where he's kind of making fun of her outfit, calling her like Morticia. And she's just like, Fuller, you suck. And it's true. Yeah, she will put Jackson in his place and she will make him work for that relationship, even though she doesn't like to be defined by labels. So enough of my Rocky praise for now. So, okay. Let me jump on the old IMDb so we can get to the deets of the season two, the first episode in the Back to School Part 2 series. <laughs> Let's see here. I should have this up and ready. Episode 17. Here we go. It aired on March 10th, 1989. I would have been... Six and a half when this episode aired. Wait, what? Eighty? Yeah, I would have been six and a half because I wouldn't have turned seven till the f- like late August of eighty nine. All right. You know, and I gotta think now that I think about this, I really gotta wonder when did I actually start watching Full House on a regular basis? I I can't remember. I swear I must have been at least eight or nine. Because I know I was watching it before 1990. All right, in this episode, El Problema Grande de DJ. DJ gets a D in Spanish. Danny goes to try and find out what was going on and talks to the teacher. The teacher explains that DJ just wasn't trying. Which, yes, she does tell explain to Danny that... DJ, and I will get it more into it, DJ was doing well at first, but as the work got harder, DJ just quit trying and just kind of gave up. I have heard other Full House podcasts that have covered this episode that are like, All right, if you're the, you're the teachers, it's your job to make sure they can understand the work. And yes, it is to a point. And yes, I think that maybe... Before, when her grades started slipping, I, a note should have went home, a phone call maybe should have been made. I know that this teacher probably has like 24 or 25 students, but you want kids to do their best. And when they struggle, you want to be able to give them the tools they need to be able to grasp the work. That means whether it's a tutor, whether it's extra work outside of the classroom, whether it's getting the parents involved and the family involved and stuff. This actually could have been, everybody could have been learning Spanish in the house. Everybody. Remember when Steph was learning about fractions and how frustrated she'd get and then Danny kind of involved all the family, so even Joey was, like, helping her with that little snack cake. Like, here, let me cut this in half. Oh, let me cut this snack cake in half again. So it's, like, one-fourth instead of one-half. Don't get me started on fractions. I hate them. I hate them. They were the bane of my existence that one semester in college that I took. But let me get back into the summer. I kind of like trailed off there. She comes over to the house later and labels things in Spanish. Then she and Danny kiss. 
DJ and her friends come home and see them kissing and everyone laughs at her. Did they laugh? I don't know. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Then Danny has to decide whether to continue to see the teacher or to respect DJ and her feelings. So this episode has a 6.8 out of 10 based on 206 ratings, everybody. 206, that's quite a lot. Oh, guess who we get an appearance by? Yvonne Wilder, who just not too long ago celebrated a birthday. She plays Irene Katsopoulos. And also, John Apria. Uh, John, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He plays Nick Katsopoulos. I gotta say, Nick Katsopoulos, for his age, I mean, if Jesse's like 26, then Nick's gotta be maybe mid to late 40s. He looks good. I'm telling you, he does. We also have James Hampton as Mr. Malatesta. At this point in the show, Jesse and Joey have formed the J&J Creative Services. Or maybe at this point they haven't formed it and they're just working for Mr. Malatesta the advertising boss. We also have Lydia Cornell playing Linda Mosley, DJ's Spanish teacher. Now let's see if she's been anything and <laughs> been anything <laughs> been in anything, excuse me. Let me correct it. Let's see if she's been in something that I would recognize her from. Okay, now I'm not going to say I watched the show because I haven't. I have heard of the show too close for comfort she was in 106 episodes so she must have been a main cast member to be in 106 episodes the show ran from 1980 to 1985 she played sarah rush do we have a picture of her is she blonde is that the blonde one what is what is too close for comfort what is this Jackie and Sarah Rush are two grown sisters who live in half of a duplex. Their parents, Henry and Muriel, live in the other half. Though one might think this proximity may be fun, both sides often feel that it's too close for comfort in this half-hour situation comedy. Uh A rainbow mohawk. I'm looking at a picture of a guy in a... I don't know whether this is a leather jacket, but it is literally like open chest and he's got a rainbow mohawk. I think that she on this first season DVD case, what I'm looking at on IMDb, hey that guy looks like he was in a married with children. Didn't he play one of Marcy's husbands? Ted or something? I don't know. Um yeah, I think she must have been blonde at one point because there's a brunette and there's a blonde. And they're both playing the daughters, so, and the brunette looks nothing like Senior Radio Mosley, so I'm guessing it's the blonde. Interesting. That's not the thing. I mean, with lighter hair, it's easier to go to dark hair, but if you got dark hair, it's got to be, like, really hard to go to light hair. Like, have, like, black hair and try to go to blonde. I mean, I'm sure it can be done, but... It looks like the last thing she was in... Oh, she's got like three upcoming projects. Good for Lydia. Good for her. 2015, Cats Dancing on Jupiter. What? As in Cats Cats? As in... What? I don't know. Ooh, this is uh, something that uh, is for adults only. Okay, let's move on from Lydia. That's awesome. 
getting her uh, cred in Full House. Of course, we have Bill Foster directing this episode. Looks like Bill Foster directed this episode and the season two two-part looks be a lady parts one and two. He directed a lot of season three. Wow. Almost. It looks like he directed almost all of season three. Except for episode 21. And episodes 15 and 16. Alright. Writers. We got Jeff Franklin, the creator, of course, jumping in the writer's room. We got Rob Dames. Is it D-A-M-E-S? And Bob Frazier. This guy looks like he's been an actor. Has he been an actor? And a writer. And an actor. I swear I've seen him in something. Nope, I haven't. He just looks like somebody who... How many episodes did he write? Five episodes. Let's see. Info! I! I'm hitting I. Thank you. DJ's very first horse. A little romance. El Problema Grande DJ. Lux... Luck be a lady parts one and two. So he just wrote for season two. He wrote five episodes. Good for him. He, he wrote the horse. Of, he wrote about Rocket. All right, let's do some trivia. Stephanie wears the exact same dungaree Michelle wears in Middle Age Crazy. Well, I think if you look hard enough, you will find that Michelle does wear some of Steph's hand-me-downs. All right. Your favorite and mine, the user reviews. We have two user reviews. The first, of course, by the ever-faithful Power Man Dan, titled Some Good with Some Bad, rating this a 6 out of 10. This review was published May 16th, 2017, and of course, red warning flag spoilers. If you haven't watched the episode, get on Hulu, break out your DVDs, Okay, if you have the DVDs, you clearly watched the show. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. This has never been one of my favorites. At the same time, some good things came out of this. DJ's spoiled nature is shown again, and this also highlights Danny at his worst. The subplot is the strength that keeps this from me giving it a really bad review. Report card time. Stephanie's grades are good, but her teacher says she talks too much. She makes an oath to be silent, so she takes a vow of silence. Kind of like Paul Dano did as Dwayne in Little Miss Sunshine. He took a vow of silence because he wanted to get into uh, flight school, I think, or something to that degree. And then, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know what happens with that... Fast forward 10 seconds. He learns that he is colorblind and you need 2020 vision to be able to fly planes. So that ends badly. He ends up jumping out of the van, running to the bottom of this hill and just going, yeah, I don't know how long the vow of silence had been going, but probably for a while. All right, DJ gets all A's except a D in Spanish. DJ expects Danny to change her grade. I honestly don't blame DJ for wanting her father to change such a low grade. 
Hadid does not look good at all. Then the bad comes into play. Remember in those old James Bond movies when Bond would have, you know, sex with a woman seconds after meeting her? Similar story here. DJ's teacher offered to help build her vocabulary by putting Spanish signs on household things. One thing leads to another, and her and Danny make out. Not for a second did I believe that things could escalate that quickly. And her teacher happens to be single, too. That always happens. DJ and her friends walk in on them, making out, and Danny is even caught with her at school. Wow, Danny. <laughs> Bad grade aside, I felt so embarrassed for DJ and resentment towards Danny grew. Her, her and her father talk about the grade in a great few minutes, but Danny romancing the teacher was not well resolved. The other story involves Jesse and Joey doing a jingle for a marshmallow company. Michelle gets the part, but bombs out when shooting happens. Very fun subplot. All right, and we have second runner-up ever faithful, Taylor Kingston, giving this one star higher than Power Mandan, giving this a 7 out of 10, titling it The One Where DJ Gets a D in Spanish. This review was published May 24th, 2015, and has a red flag saying, warning, spoilers. Yes, I love this episode. Taylor Kingston, I'm loving you right now. <laughs> but I honestly hate how irresponsible, selfish, impatient, and spoiled DJ is. Here, here. I second that thought. That's me, guys. I'm saying that. She, she expects her dad to magically change her grades. Like, that would be a good life lesson to teach your child. In this episode, Danny gets a D and... <laughs> yeah, Danny gets a D in Spanish, too. In this episode, DJ gets a D in Spanish. So she asked Danny to go talk to her teacher to get the teacher to change DJ's grade. But Danny understands why she didn't do better and doesn't think her grade should be changed. That's the spoiler, guys. Instead, he and the teacher have a connection because she has breakfast with him every morning. Hence, she watches Wake Up San Francisco. Before she goes to work? I thought... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I just lost my place. <laughs> Instead, he and the teacher have a connection which makes for a very embarrassed DJ when they're seen together. Overall, I give this episode a 7 out of 10, which in my ratings book is great. Tony the Tiger also gives it great. <laughs> so yeah, of course, um, the IMDb synopsis does leave out the fact that there is a subplot involving, as I said, Jesse and Joey. They're advertising. Mr. Malatesta comes over, their boss. They need a Mr. Mr. Marshmallow campaign. Needs a new slogan for the marshmallows. So, of course, what's more an adorable than a little toddler shoving marshmallows into her face until she pukes? How about, oh, here we go. I got something. This is great. How about a toddler feeding marshmallows to a golden retriever puppy until it pukes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
my gosh, that is so adorable. I'm just thinking of the child like eating marshmallows and feeding some to her puppy. And then the puppy like licks the excess uh, marshmallow goop off her face. I don't know. <laughs> and you can put them on a... Because the commercial is like Michelle's on a cloud. I put the puppy in the cloud. Oh, it would be so adorable. Who doesn't like commercials with puppies and babies? So yeah, if you think about it, also, aside from the marshmallow plot and DJ with the D in the Spanish, we and we have Stephanie with her vow of silence, which honestly makes me think of an episode of Home Improvement where Randy gets to skip a grade because math for, well, he gets to not skip a grade, but he gets to skip a class like and take a high school math class because the work is... I guess too easy for him because he gets done before everyone else and then he starts like talking to the person next to him and interrupting. That's kind of what Stephanie's doing here and like I said I'll go into it more as in everyone asks her for help all the time because she clearly knows her stuff and gets her work done before everybody else does because she's a tanner. They are brainiacs. All right let's get into this episode. I am excited. I have not watched this episode in a while. And I think, I honestly think it's a rather good one. I really, really do. I like when there's more than one, there usually is a main plot and a subplot. But we actually get a main plot and two subplots. So, alright, let's get into Season 2, Episode 17, El Problemo de Grande de DJ. Just so you know, I didn't take a Spanish class in school. Actually, I didn't have to. I didn't take any foreign language. You know, I kind of now, looking back on it, kind of wish I had been able to. It's always good to be fluent in another language other than what you, you know, normally speak. But of course, before we can officially get into the episode, we get the cold open. So this cold open has Stephanie and DJ kneeling at the coffee table working on their homework. I don't know about any of you, but I can't kneel for very long. Now, I grew up Catholic, so yes, there was quite a bit of kneeling, sitting, standing during church. 60 minutes of that. And, (laughs) I mean, granted, the kneelers that we had were um padded which is nice but even still it's like and even now it's like i'm not kneeling on anything at all and then on the brain it's gonna be a bit before i get up (laughs) i mean i can imagine candace you know dj and jody stephanie being like oh how many takes do we have to do of this scene because michelle comes in and you know most likely probably would with the Olsen twins, they probably had to do more than one take. At this point, the girls, the Olsen twins have got to be, what, three? Because they were born in 1986. The show started, well, no, actually, I think they got to be, if they were born in 86, then the girls might be three, but their characters probably a little over two. Because it's only season two. So, they're doing their homework coffee table they have well had 
plate of cookies. There's one left. Both Stephanie and Mich- <laughs> Stephanie Michelle. Both DJ and Stephanie put their hand on it at the exact time. And DJ's like, this one's mine. You already had two. And Stephanie says, that's not fair. I'm, uh, one of mine was broken. It didn't count. Okay, seriously, I don't think this calls for <laughs> doling out the middle names. As DJ's like, listen, Stephanie Judith. And Stephanie's like, I'm listening, Donna Joe Margaret. As Michelle toddles into the living room. I, <laughs> Michelle comes in as a peacekeeper. Her hands are up. She's between Stephanie and DJ. She's like, stop it. And she tells him, be nice. Oh my gosh, that's all it took? Because DJ's like, okay, you can have the cookie. And Stephanie's like, no, it's your cookie. And Michelle's like, my cookie. And she reaches in and grabs it. And she's off with the cookie in hand. (laughs) And DJ's got to get one more dig in at Steph. And she's like, you know who she reminds me of? As they both watch Michelle race out of the living room with the cookie. She says, you. And that's basically the cold open. That's that's pretty much it. Slander each other with their middle names. Like, that's the only thing they have in their arsenal. Okay, as you guys as siblings, did you ever say the your sibling's middle name as a way to I'm guessing win an argument or something? Or like, oh, you're really giving it to him now by saying, oh, no. I never called my sister by her first and middle name. The, you want to know the only <laughs> afraid is when a parent uses your first and middle name. And you better start running when they use your entire name. <laughs> I swear that's the only reason the middle name was invented so that way you'll know your parents mean business when they say it. I think the last time my sister said it was when we were getting ready to sell our house and uh, she actually was going to, she's going to paint the walls in our uh, living room and the bedrooms and stuff. And I asked her, you know, how much should we pay her? She's like, Angela Jean, family does not pay family for that stuff. And now you all know my middle name. (laughs) Okay, let's play this cold open clip. That's fine, you already had two. When the mine was broken, it didn't count. Listen, Stephanie Judith. I'm listening, Donna Jo. Margaret. Stop it. Margaret. Be nice. <laughs> okay, you can have the cookie. No, it's your cookie. My cookie. There she goes. You know who she reminds me of? You. Oh, she's in the doorway to get a bite of the cookie. Okay, this is realistic. Not that they have two grocery bags, but that Danny pulls up. We're in the living, living. We're in the kitchen. Danny, Joey, and Jesse are there, and Danny pulls out two gallons of milk out of that paper bag. How that paper bag is not ripped at the bottom or leaking. Because, you know, sometimes, and it definitely does it when it's warm out, milk sweats. 
that's why I always am like, can I have my milk put in a bag? Because it sweats. It's been in a freezer or in a refrigerator. You take it out. That condensation is going to come up. And it's like, yeah, I don't want that condensation sweatiness all over the trunk of my car. Put it in a bag. You know, I don't say put it in a bag. I say, can you please put that in a bag? And another thing. If you guys get, if you guys are pop drinkers or soda, depending on where you're from, do you ask, you know, if someone's bagging your groceries, do you ask them to put your two liters in? I mean, wouldn't you rather have them in a bag instead of trying to awkwardly carry them into your home? Me, on the other hand, yes, definitely bag them, but double bag them because as we know most store plastic bags are just purely cheap just so cheap they break target actually i gotta say but if you go with walmart target tom thumb um meyer when i lived in michigan target has got to have some of the best plastic bags around. I really think they're very, very durable. And honestly, I would go for plastic over paper anyway because I really don't like the texture of paper bags. I don't know what it is. I'm not really a fan of cardboard either. It's just really, I don't know. As I was saying, that seems reasonable. They have three growing kids and three adults. Definitely two gallon a week family. So I guess more likely this scene is just kind of running through a little bit of time here as Danny <laughs> tosses a can of tomato juice to Jesse. Luckily that doesn't land on a foot because I can imagine that would hurt. That's not something you toss. My dad used to drink uh, tomato juice, but he also really liked grapefruit juice. And it, <laughs> no, I was never a fan of grapefruit juice. I had enough issues with canker sores, I didn't need to bring them on with all that acid. But if you had to choose, what do you like? I like tomato juice, honestly, maybe a little bit more than your regular V8 juice. I mean, they do taste kind of similar, but V8, they're so. There are so many variations of V8 juice. V8 V Fusion, you know, the fruit juices. You got your, you know, spicy V8 juice. Just so many different kinds of V8 juice. Joey, of course, has to call out the bag boy's mistake. This is a number, guys. I would never do this. You never do this. As he pulls out bread on the bottom of the bag that had probably been sitting under that big can of tomato juice. This is what I do. You put it in a separate bag. Same thing with eggs. You can put a loaf of bread on eggs. It's not going to break. Loaf of bread's pretty light. But you surely don't put it in the bottom of the bag. Bagging 101, folks. Actually, I should say human being 101, folks. Should be grained into you, like, drilled in you from, from birth. 
from birth. Okay, let's move on. Stephanie comes through the back door and she announces, break out the root beard, boys, because my report card is awesome. So Stephanie's got three A's, a B, and a B minus, which isn't bad. She is in second grade. Or is she in first grade? That's right, because she's in second grade when DJ starts junior high in seven. Okay. So then Stephanie's got one, two, three, four, five classes. But then again, all her classes are being taught by one teacher. Leslie's got a two liter of what looks like A&W root beer. And he's got three glasses there. Jesse, of course, is like, gosh, I wish I got grades like that. I stayed after school so often people thought I was the janitor. What were you in high school? <laughs> no one's thinking uh, an eight-year-old is a janitor because they stay after school so much. Okay, what made you more nervous when you got your report card? Was it the grades or was it the comments that the teacher would make? Would you get a report card that would also have your progress over the course of the term? You know, and Danny praises staff. It's like, wow, these are terrific grades, but your teacher wrote a note here. Hmm, she wrote something. And her teacher wrote, Stephanie is a terrific student. That's a good part. Bad part. But she needs to control her talking in class. You know, that's exactly what the guys all latch on to is the bad part. <laughs> like, did you uh, miss the part where she said I was terrific? <laughs> uh. And to Stephanie's credit, she says, Dad, it's not my fault. Kids are always asking me for help. I mean, and who can blame them? Check out these grades. So it's not like she's finishing her work early and starts jabberjawing with the kid next to her or the kid in the seat in front of her. She's not distracting them from their work. Clearly, they're coming to her saying, Hey, Steph, what'd you get for this? Hey, Steph, what'd you get for that? So are they trying to cheat off her? I mean, she says they're always coming to her for help. So my guess is... Stephanie's getting the material, but the other kids are either not getting the material or the teacher's explaining it wrong or they're just lazy and they want Stephanie to just feed them the answers. I don't know. Chloe, of course, is right away like, oh, Steph, if you're always talking in class, you might miss something important. I don't think, is she disrupting the teacher while the teacher's talking and the kids are talking to her or... I I honestly think that it's when they're working on their assignments and Stephanie's doing hers that kids around her are either, you know, struggling or they're lazy and they just want to get answers from Stephanie and she, I don't know. I just, I don't know. But they immediately go for the negative. And Stephanie, of course, takes offense to that. Which I'm not surprised they immediately jump to conclusions. It's like, you don't know the whole story. Joey says you might miss something important if you're interrupting the teacher or talking while the teacher's talking. Jesse's like, yeah, or recess. You might miss out on recess or reading and writing and fundamental things. I gotta say, season two, Jesse's hair looks good. I like that little semi-poof bangs, like part of it's... Part of his bangs are kind of going up, and the other part is kind of, like, uh, down. 
Tammy, lighten up. He's like, Steph, you have to stop being such a little chatterbox. Stephanie doesn't even drink her soda, which Jesse is now placed in front of her and Danny. And she's like, so, my own family thinks I'm a chatterbox? And Danny kind of backpedals. He's like, oh, what? Steph, no, I... And she's like, no, no, it's fine. From now on, this little chatterbox is all locked up. It's like, fine. You think I talk too much? You're not going to hear another peep out of me. Zip! And tosses the key away. It's basically her way of getting back at them for being so negative is... Like, fine, I'm just... I'm not going to talk to you. Love how Steph is using DJ's season one backpack from our very first day of school. She seriously has that backpack, I think, all the way up to season five. I remember in the crush, I think in the crushed episode, she might still have it. Here you go, Jesse. Thank you. Two gallons of milk. All right. Can of tomato juice. Think fast. And of course, the box boy's own personal touch, bread on the bottom of the bag. We got the root beer boys, baby. Pork cut is awesome. All right. Three A's, a B, and a B minus. I wish I got grades like that. Stayed after school swap, and people thought I was the janitor. <laughs> Steph, these are terrific grades. But your teacher wrote here, Stephanie is a wonderful student but she needs to control her talking in class. Dad, it's not my fault. Kids are always asking me for help. And who can blame them? Check out these grades. <laughs> Steph, if you're always talking during class, you might miss out on something really important. Yeah, like recess. Conclusions, everyone. <laughs> or reading and writing and fundamental things. <laughs> Steph, you have to stop being such a little chatterbox. So, Jeez, my own family thinks I'm a chatterbox? You know, honestly, I don't blame Steph for her reaction. I mean, if you were in her shoes and your family immediately started saying, oh, you're a little chatterbox. And how, I, Joey would, oh, if you're interrupting the teacher all the time, you might miss out on something important. Who says she's interrupting the teacher? DJ, of course, comes in like, Dad, you have to do something. Listen to my report card. So my guess is DJ was walking home from school with Kimmy or they got dropped off by the bus somewhere and walked home. Probably thinking, don't worry, this is bad, but I know my dad will fix it. He will take care of everything. She probably had it in her head. Oh, my dad will take care of this. It's not a big deal. I'm not going to worry about it too much. She says, listen to my report card. It's so unfair. And she starts listing off like six A's. And Joey's like, how dare they? This is an outrage. It's like, you're getting all A's. She says, you didn't hear my Spanish grade, D. Danny, of course, takes DJ's report card for closer inspection. Like, here, let me see. Maybe that could be a misprint. No, no, definitely a D in Spanish. But even when he takes it, he's like, a D in Spanish? Like, honey, I expect better from you. You got, like, six A's in your six other classes. And Joey is like, que pasa? And DJ looks at him and is like, huh? I love how Kimmy just kind of looks on with amusement. Like, <laughs> DJ, for whatever reason, I 
don't understand it. She thinks the only reason she got a D in Spanish is because Senorita Mosley hates her. Hates her? That's pretty strong words. Not to mention that's a pretty strong accusation without example. I mean, is she calling you out in front of the class? Like, DJ, I know you're getting a D right now in Spanish, but you should know this. DJ sits down in the chair in the kitchen and he's like, I don't know why she hates me, but she just does. Honestly, seriously, is it just the grade? The And the thing is, she isn't going to know what she has until she gets a report card, unless they have weekly progress reports or, like, when I was in high school... Or maybe even, no, it was high school. Um, my English class, you ha had a student ID number that you would look up and you could see what your grade is. So it's not like they're putting everybody's name on there. You're going, hey, Randy Mitchelson got a F in biology or something. I don't know, but, which I think is a good idea. It's like, yeah, just... But nowadays, it's like everything is done online where students have a login and you can look up your grade on, like, your profile probably. I mean, this is well after I graduated high school that they started doing this. But I just, I don't like the fact that DJ associates a bad grade with their teacher hating her. I mean, I got some bad grades in class, sure, but I didn't think my teacher hated me, and that's how I got the grade. Kimmy, of course, is like, oh, she loves me. I got a C. Kimmy's hair at this point in season two is very... It's... Gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not Not blown out, but it definitely looks like... She had, like, a mullet at one t time, and the hair just started kind of, you know, growing outward. Everyone's got kind of poofyish bangs, because, I mean, it is 1989. Jesse, of course, is like, wait a minute. DJ got a D in Spanish. How did you get a C? <laughs> and you guys remember the Captain video of two-parter from season five how DJ and Kimmy were you know taking a big Spanish test so that way they could go to Spain for six weeks or eight weeks and Kimmy was really at some point in season two and the end of season five Kimmy just got tired of the Spanish and just because in season in Captain Video she's like literally family like conjugating verbs and just not getting it. Jesse is because Kimmy is about ready to just walk out the, the back door like okay bye I gotta see bye he's like wait hold it you got a C in Spanish and DJ got a D it's almost like he can't fathom like how can my niece be not as smart as, I mean, normally. Because he knows Kimmy. She cheats off DJ. She's not the greatest student. So it's like, how in the world did you two kind of flip-flop in the grade area? And she's like, hey, give me a break. I saw La Bamba like five times. Hey, I was right. It was five times. I've seen this episode a bunch. La Bamba, of course, for those that don't know, is the TV movie... 
no, it's not a TV movie. <laughs> it's much better than that. I actually am going to be covering that movie next year when I do my um, musician biopics. I'm also going to be covering Coal Miner's Daughter and Selena with Jennifer Lopez and The Jacksons and American Dream at some point. Now, I know that La Bamba came out. And if this is an 89, that La Bamba came out in 87. So it would have come out the year... Did he even come out maybe before this was released? Um, it came out um, two months before Full House premiered. So it came out in the summer. It was a summer movie. And it's a good movie. It's about, it's a bio, biographical story of the rise from nowhere of early rock and roll singer Richie Valens, who died at age 17 in a plane crash with Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper. Also... If you'll notice, if you go into Jesse's room, he does have a movie poster of the Buddy Holly story. Now, I did see that movie, and I thought that one was done really well. Another singer that sadly died in a plane crash would have been Patsy Cline. And that one is called Sweet Dreams. I don't know why I always just have um, an interest in these musical biopics. I, 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 I don't know why. I just, I kind of, they're good. They're just, I think anything, you know, biography-wise is, you know, it, it interests me because it's about somebody that lived. Or someone that's living. That and historical fiction, you know, histor time, you know, period pieces are really, I really like those too. I also really like the music from the 50s and 60s. So, yeah. Which is kind of fun, interesting because... She saw La Bamba, and that movie's rated R. There's a, well, I think you see Richie Valens, or um, Lou Diamond Phillips plays Richie Valens, and uh, yeah. There's nudity, there's language, there's violence, not really too, too much. More like fist fights, bar fights, stuff like that. But if you haven't seen it, it's it's really good. It's really done well. You could probably even find the DVD on on Amazon, which I recommend, especially because it's got a lot of special features about how they wanted to find the right person to play Richie Valens. And Richie's mother does speak. She does speak a lot of Spanish, especially in the beginning of the movie. So definitely, you're gonna learn a handful. Of Spanish words. One in particular that um, I know I'll get off of La Bamba. I'm sorry. I just I love the movie so much. Um, that Richie's mother says is Mijo. M-I-J-O. Which stands for my son. And Mija is used to address women. Okay. Urban Dictionary. Gotcha. I love when Kimmy walks out the door that Jesse shuts it and locks it. Six A's and one D. So so DJ's got seven classes, which in junior high you most likely do have seven classes, and usually seven classes are—I wouldn't even think. I mean, you, your school day probably starts at what, like eight o'clock, and then it, you get out at two. Then you have you know your forty-five minutes to an hour lunch period. So I don't think those lun those classes could be any more than an hour long, if that. 
what class do you think is harder to get through? The first one of the day or the last class of the day? I think... Because you're really... <laughs> really... Uh, by the time your first class starts. And then by the end, the last class of the day, you're like itching to jump out of your seat. And like, oh, come on, Bell, Come on, clock! <laughs> Danny automatically is like, hey, look, there's something wrong here. I think I'll have a talk with your teacher. And this is where I want to say... That Danny's kind of jumping to conclusions. Like, he knows DJ's a good student. She clearly hasn't, I'm guessing, in the last, well, she's in sixth grade. So, maybe, when the grades usually are what, like, first through? Because usually when you're in kindergarten, you get, like, satisfactory, non-satisfactory. You don't get actual grades until, what, second, third grade? So... He's probably never really had to be concerned about her grades. You know, she's probably done very well. So her him seeing a really low grade, it's not like she got a flat F. But the one thing I wanted to, I said, like, I'll get into that later, is I would think if a student is pretty close to failing a class, which a D is very, very low. At one point before that, she must have gotten a C, and before that, she had to have had a B. As her grades started sinking, wouldn't the teacher eventually say, DJ, can I please see you after class? Now, I see that your work is starting to, um, like your grades are starting to decrease. And just ask her, like, honey, do you have trouble with, you know, the class, is the work? How I see that you seem to be struggling with these worksheets and everything like that. So, and you think, yeah, what if she could have said, hey, I can offer you some help, flashcards. But if it gets to this point, wouldn't a phone call or a letter to a parent be... Something that would have to be done at some point. I don't think a, I don't think a teacher's just going to let a student flat out fail before. I don't know. I don't know the responsibility of of the teacher and and the students and everything. How does that? I'm not a teacher, but kind of you teacher uh, teachers out there. How how does that kind of work with students and their grades start to slip? Are there progress reports? That gets sent home. I know that kids that are athletes have to maintain a certain grade point, either grade point average or a certain letter grade in class in order to be able to perform in the sport that they play in. I I just don't see why this wouldn't have been brought up before the report card came out. At least giving her a chance to, you know, work on either extra credit or, well, if she's not getting the, (laughs) if she's not getting the work, extra credit isn't going to really help her. What, is she going to make burritos at home or quesadillas or something? Like, here, make a dish and bring it to the class. I no. This is something, like, I'm going to move on from here, but this is something that definitely should have been addressed before the report cards. As soon as her grade went from a B to a C to a D, before it even gets to a D, when it drops a whole letter grade, it's like, have a conversation with the student. All right, I want to move on from this.
DJ automatically assumes that Danny's just going to make everything a-okay. Like, he's going to fix this. I don't have anything to worry about. She's like, thanks, Dad. I knew I could count on you. She kisses him on the cheek. Joey, of course, is like, DJ, you know, one day you're going to be very happy that you can speak a second language. Jesse, of course, actually, Jesse's eating chicken. There's a couple pieces of chicken in front of Joey. Maybe one of them's for Danny. Yeah, Joey says, you know, one day you're going to be pretty happy that you can speak a second language. I mean, oh, comes in pretty handy. And Jesse just looks at Joey like, what other languages other than English can you speak? Oh, Jesse calls him, Joey Mr. Berlitz. So I looked at Berlitz and it says Berlitz language programs. So, Joey, of course, it's like, well, it just so happens I speak several. And he's listing the impressions he does as voices like Bullwinkle. I speak moose. And I speak sailor. I can't do Popeye to save my life. But he's like, let's make a smidgen of sailor. And a little bit of moose. He's like, I'm fluent in frog. He does a Kermit impression. He's like, let's see, I uh, studied moose and put some out of you. And in his Popeye voice, he's like, and I speak a smattering of sailor. I cannot. Surprised he didn't pull a Peppy Le Pew. Oh, you speak a little bit of French. The Peppy Le Pew. No, he wouldn't start doing Pepe Le Pew until much, much later. I'm surprised he didn't say, I also speak duck. No, I meant like, Joey, you know what I'm referring to, actual languages. Italian, German, Swiss, um, Scandinavian, um, um, uh, um, Spanish, um, Portuguese. Dad, you've got to do something. Listen to my report card. It's so unfair. A A A A A. How dare they? This is an outrage. <laughs> you didn't hear my Spanish grade. D. A D in Spanish? Que pasa? She loves me. I got a C. Hold it. You got a C in Spanish and DJ got a D? Hey, man. I saw La Bamba five times. Six A's and one D. Something's wrong here. I think I'll have a talk with your teacher. I think you need to have a talk with DJ and let her... You know, DJ, one day you're going to be very happy you can speak a second language. It always comes in handy. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Berlitz. <laughs> what other languages do you speak? Well, it just so happens that I speak several. <clears throat> I'm uh, fluent in frog. That's not a language. <laughs> Let's see, I studied moose at What's the Matter You. That isn't either. And uh, I speak just a smattering of sailor. Whoa. Again, like I said, Danny needs to be asking questions to DJ. Before he goes just storming 
into that classroom. Like, how dare you get my daughter D? What's wrong with you? My daughter is a straight A student. All right, so now we got Stephanie in the living room. Well, she was going to head upstairs, but since the door bell rang, she figured she may as well go answer that. This, of course, is our second plot with Mr. Malatesta, Jesse and Joey's advertising boss. He's holding a bag of marshmallows. I gotta say, I do like Stephanie's outfit here. It's blue and white. She's got a blue and white striped shirt, a blue little mini skirt, ruffle skirt. Maybe it's just connected to the bottom of her shirt. And she's got blue and white striped shorts. No, those aren't shorts. Those are leggings that, like, cut just above the knee. So, Stephanie, stranger danger, it is the 80s after all, asks who it is before she opens the door. And, of course, Mr. Malatesta says, Stephanie, this is Mr. Malatesta, Joey and Jesse's boss. So, Stephanie, of course, is keeping up her vow of silence. Granted, she kind of broke that for a split second when she asked, who is it? So he's like, um, are Jesse and Joey here? And Stephanie's like, nodding. And then he's like, well, where's their office? Because, you know, he's not been to their home before. And she points straight ahead through the door, through the kitchen, does a little finger walk down the stairs. Yep. And Mr. Malatesta's like, oh, great. Just what San Francisco needs. Another mime. <coughs> Stephanie, it's Mr. Malatesta, Jesse and Joey's boss. Thanks. Uh, are the fellows in? Uh, where's their office? <laughs> down through the kitchen and down the stairs. Thanks. <laughs> Just what we need in San Francisco, another mime. <laughs> All right, so Jesse and Joey are in Joey's basement apartment bedroom playing peek-a-boo with Michelle. They're both entertaining Michelle instead of working. They're basically babysitting her. So they work their advertising in Joey's basement bedroom and slash babysit Michelle. So they're taking a work break and they're playing peek-a-boo. As Joey is, like, peeking out from underneath the comforter of his bed. Jesse comes crawling out on all fours behind Joey's hockey mannequin. He's like, peeky-boo! And <laughs> Michelle's like, peeky-boo! Oh, you're so adorable. Before she started getting an attitude. Before she starts overly demanding things. And Jesse's like tickling Michelle's dummy and then poking her nose like, I see you. And Jesse and Joey's boss is bent over behind Jesse like, I see you too. And I'm sure that Jesse and Joey are like supposed to be on the clock right now. I was like, I'm not paying you a salary to babysit your niece. You need to be working. The way that Jesse, like, freezes because he's on all fours and his eyes get really huge, almost like he's a kid with his hand caught in the cookie jar. <laughs> like, oh, oh, boy, um, Joey, <laughs> playtime's over, buddy. 
So, yeah, Jesse's like, Joey, playtime's over. Get out from underneath your bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, Mr. Malatesta is like, now I know why you fellas work at home. <laughs> you can't afford a babysitter. Oh, he says, it's so hard to get up a good game of peekaboo at the agency. <laughs> Mr. Malatesta is like, <laughs> and Jesse and Joey are just pointing like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like overly enthusiastic like he's our boss we have to laugh with him uh, or he'll dock our pay <laughs> how Michelle gets in on it like <laughs> so Jesse tries to excuse himself to go make coffee Joey's like well I'll go uh, make my bed so Mr. Malatesta kind of breaks it to the guys like fellas we got a big problem on the Mr. Marshmallow account he says, we need a new slogan, and we need it, as he looks at his watch, now. So Michelle's sitting on Joey's bag, going, peeky-boo. And Joey's like, oh, well, Michelle, we're trying to work here. So here, let me sit this big, giant bag of marshmallows that probably weighs as much as you do right next to you so you can start putting fistfuls of marshmallow, mini marshmallows into your mouth. Literally, that is a big bag of mini marshmallows. I swear that probably weighs as much as she does. If they got the Costco-sized version, I'm sure. But I would get, like, probably be puking if I ate that size bag of mini marshmallows. I mean, I like marshmallows as much as the next one. Not to mention my teeth would probably be rotting out of my head due to all the cavities that I probably have. No amount of brushing would be saving my teeth after eating a bag of marshmallows. I can tell you that. I was like, here, Michelle, eat these delicious marshmallows. Like, delicious, how about that? And it's like, it's been done. He said a slogan, not a description. Nobody could say marshmallows are delicious. We want something like the Folgers coffee. I don't drink coffee. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. See, 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 that one. Remember the commercial, like, I can't, what was it advertising? It was like, I like chicken tonight, like chicken tonight, like chicken tonight. Um, Armor Hot Dogs, don't know, um, the song to that. Oscar Mayer Wiener song, don't know the, so many, many commercials, radio jingles, television commercials that we all could probably Zestfully clean. There's another one. Incredible edible egg. Be better lay a finger on my butterfinger. Let me think. Something like, uh, how can we apply that to a marshmallow? Lego my ego. There's another one. Mellow my mallow. <laughs> Mellow my mallow. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. They're pretty much getting uh, free advertising here for Michelle as she pops a marshmallow, one marshmallow, not a handful, into her mouth. And she, it's almost like she's trying it for the first time, which probably she is. Pops it in her mouth. And her eyes are just like, it's like such a surprising treat. Like her mouth just discovered sugar for the first time. It's like, <gasps> Yummy! It's like, it's almost like she was putting it in her mouth thinking, oh, I'm probably going to hate this and be pleasantly surprised that she loves it. Like, <gasps> yummy! And Mr. Malatest is like, yummy? Now there's a great word, but it needs more. And Jesse goes over to Michelle like, all right, kid, what else you got? Oh, Joey's the one that goes over like, all right, come on, Michelle, what else you got? Jesse is the one like, no, 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 no. Something that 
some just like this and needs yummy in the tummy and michelle says yummy in the tummy and it's like yeah it sounds great and even Mal- mr malatesta is like and it sounds great coming from a little baby it's so adorable i love how jesse like paints the picture of michelle sitting on a cloud eating marshmallows like, the commercial pretty much, this scene here just writes itself automatically. Yeah, Jesse's like, yummy in the tummy. And Michelle says, yummy in the tummy. And Joey's like, hey, it works for her. And Mr. Malatesta's like, and it works for me, too. And it sounds adorable coming from a little baby. So Jesse, literally, he's painting a picture for Mr. Malatesta. says, all right, we got the baby on a cloud. Looks like a marshmallow. You got the music. The wind is blowing. Mr. Malatesta's like, that sounds excellent. We'll do that. Now, we just got to find the most adorable baby in San Francisco. Jesse and Joey. Well, Joey's already over there, but Jesse goes over and they're both kind of like, oh, oh, look at her, right? She's adorable. Like, Ehem. and I love how Michelle's like, <laughs> so Mr. Malatesta's like, fellas, I mean, she's cute and all, but don't you think we should use like a professional baby? Jesse is like offended, like, as he picks Michelle up and says, Sir, this kid has got two years of experience playing a baby. Yeah, that's true and all, but she's never been on camera before. Does she know how to say lines that are rehearsed? You know, she's got to be on her mark. You know, queued up at the right moment. She's got to be able to do one take after another after another, eating marshmallows, saying the same line with no flub-ups or anything. Can she do that? Professional baby can do that. Baby that's been working in the industry for a bit can do that. So, of course, they use Michelle to give Mr. Melatesta a kiss on the cheek and just melt his heart. Oh, I love how it's just like she gives him a kiss and Jesse pretty much passes Michelle off to, you know, sit in Mr. Melatesta's arms. And it's just so adorable. And he's like, all right, kid, you got the job, but you better be good. And I love Michelle like, don't worry, be happy. Of course, when Michelle's this young and stuff, you can always, like, look at her eyes. Look at, she's looking at whoever, you know, the baby handler off screen, delivering the lines for her to say. Peaky boo. Peaky boo. Peaky boo. Peaky boo. I see you. I see you too. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> Joseph, company. Smell testing. Now I know why you fellas work at home. It's so hard to get up a good game of peeky boo at the agency. <laughs> I'll go make some coffee. I'll uh, make my bed. Fellas, we got big trouble on the Mr. Marshmallow account. We need a new slogan, and we need it now. Pizza boo. Uh, not now, Michelle. We're we're trying to work. All right. You just sit here and uh, enjoy these delicious marshmallows. Delicious. How about that? Now it's been done. <laughs> Yummy. Yummy. Now there's a great word, but it needs more. Michelle, what else you got? No, no, no. No, it needs, uh, yummy in the tummy. Yummy in the tummy. 
It works for her. It works for me, too. And I love it coming from a cute little baby. Yeah, okay, picture this, sir. Picture this. You got the baby, right? She's floating on a cloud. It looks like a marshmallow. We got the music, the wind. Great. Now we got to find the most adorable baby in San Francisco. She is cute, but uh, don't you think we should use a professional baby? Sir, this kid has got two years of experience playing a baby. Give him a kiss. Give him a kiss. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Okay, kid, you got the job. But you better be good. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> oh, I take it... Danny drove DJ to school instead of her riding the bus. Maybe he did so with Stephanie since they both go to the same school at this point. Because she has got her arm linked through Danny's and is almost like a kid. Like, here's my locker. Here's my class. She's like, alright, Dad, here's my classroom. Which, I gotta say... Going to talk to a teacher like before the class starts, there's a time and place for parent student or parent student <laughs> parent teacher times. And it definitely isn't before the school day starts. He could have done this at a more appropriate time, called her up in the teacher directory or the school handbook and set aside a time where they could actually talk. And he could find out what's going on and everything. I mean, if you're senior reader mostly, do you want to have to deal with the student's parent before you start your day at work? No. And, of course, she has to remind Danny, like, remember, Dad, now, that D was totally unfair. I gotta agree with the reviewers on IMDb for this episode saying DJ is very selfish the fact that she automatically just thinks, oh, that D is unfair. So it's unfair because you gave up on trying and you got a D. Like, you think you should just automatically get an A? Yeah, she is definitely selfish in this. She's like, oh, my daddy will fix everything. Ugh. Danny doesn't exactly make things better as he's like, he puts a hand on her, sho her shoulder and says, Deej, don't worry, I'm on your side. I'll get this whole grade thing straightened out. But then again, he doesn't necessarily say that he'll get it fixed for her. <laughs> okay, he must have just, maybe the girls took the butt. Well, I mean, he's stopping by the school anyway. Wouldn't he drop them off? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Stephanie passes in the hall and Danny's like, hey, Steph, how's it going? And Steph just smiles and gives a big thumbs up, still continuing her vow of silence. Danny turns to DJ and asks her, don't you think she's carrying this I'm not a chatterbox thing too far? And DJ, of course, is like, hey, I prefer, I prefer this. She says, personally, I find it a refreshing change of pace. Well, you would. <laughs> hey, here comes Kimmy. <laughs> She's like, hey, Mr. Tanner, did you get DJ's grade changed? Did you yell at Senorita Mosley? Did you make her cry? <laughs> She's like, I want all the details. Oh, give me all the deets. DJ tells Kimmy, like, well, he hasn't gone in yet. And Kimmy just <laughs> looks at Danny like, what, you chicken? <laughs> 
Danny puts a hand on Kimmy's shoulder and says, Kimmy, you know, you're doing so well in Spanish. Have your parents ever thought about sending you to Mexico? Oh, DJ's like, Dad, class is about to start, so go in there and show no mercy. This, still, this is not the time to bring up. She's not prepared for someone to be, other than her students coming through that door, she's not expecting someone's parent to like, hey, I got a beef to pick with you about my kid's grade. What's up with this? She's got six A's and one D. The thing that Danny just assumes like, oh, this is clearly a mistake. I'll talk to your teacher. Not once asking DJ if she's having trouble in class and finding out more about. He just assumes, well, it's the teacher's fault. I'll take care of it. If she's got a D, I mean, look, these other classes, she's got A's in all six other classes. This doesn't make any sense. No, what doesn't make sense is the fact that DJ is leaving out a lot of information she should be telling you about. This is on DJ. <laughs> Danny Forey opens the door to the classroom. He puts up his two thumbs like, don't worry, DJ, I'm totally cool. Uh -huh. I love how he goes into the classroom and he kind of rubs his hands like, okay, showtime. And he's like, oh, excuse me, Senorita Mosley. And she, of course, her back is turned. She's writing stuff on the chalkboard. Because in my day, we had chalkboards. We didn't have whiteboards. So you had to deal with the insufferable, you know, chalkboard. The term nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. She turns around. Before he can get any words out, she's like, Danny Tanner? <laughs> From Wake Up San Francisco, she is immediately starstruck. Now I gotta say, for this actress, like I said in the show, um, Too Close for Comfort, on the picture, she was a blonde here, she's a brunette, she looks like she has a bit of a tan to her skin, or maybe it's just her skin color. I'm sorry, I don't want to offend anybody. Um, her makeup really is... It's not gaudy. I don't know jack about makeup. I don't wear it. Never have. But it just... Maybe... It's, but then again, I mean, she's wearing a black top with blue and white flowers and stuff. So, but... I mean, the lipstick does match the red flowers on her dress, so... She's like, Danny Tanner? I mean, Mr. Tanner. And I'm just like, yeah, she is starstruck, but she is still like, oh, right? I'm a teacher. I'm talking to a parent. You know, trying to keep her composure. Because in her eyes, Danny's a celebrity. I mean, she sees him on television. And she says, oh, I love your talk show. I watch it all the time. Okay, then she must not be the one that says, I have breakfast with you every morning. Maybe that's another lady that's infatuated with Danny. She says, you're taller in person. And I'm like... I think for the majority of Wake Up San Francisco, he is sitting down, so maybe you can't really gauge his full height. I mean, Bob Saget's a tall dude. And Danny's like, oh, well, usually I mean this because the TV's only like, uh, the camera's like that big. <laughs> so, he starts talking about one of the segments that he did about making pizza dough, and it's kind of funny because we kind of cut back to Kimmy and DJ watching through the window at Danny talking to Senorita Mosley. He's actually talking to her about, you know, pizza dough and pounding and he's, you know, using emphasis and pointing. And both DJ and Kimmy are like, oh, wow, he's really giving it to her. He's... 
Oh, wow. Not only is DJ and Kimmy watching through the window, but we got some other students. Probably because the class is probably already technically supposed to start. Oh, I see there's also a sign. Because you know how Senorita Mosley, she's big on, you know, signage and labeling, you know, things. You know, there's Spanish words that she's writing up on the class uh, on the um, chalkboard. Like, today, tomorrow... And there's even a little sign on the window that says window in Spanish, I think. Yeah, DJ turns and says, Dad's really giving it to her now. As he sees, she basically sees him taking his fist and pounding it into his other hand. Like, he's talking about pizza dough. Because he's like, you know, making pizza is a lot harder than it looks. Because first you got to pound the dough. She is definitely flirting with him because he... Continuing the whole pizza-making conversation, like, oh, or you could just, like, pick up the phone and order one. <laughs> and she gets kind of flirty here. She's like, oh, you're so witty. No wonder you're a big star. Like, okay, Senorita Mosley, I see you. I see what you're doing. Then again, how many celebrities are walking into her classroom? How many... So kids of celebrities is she teaching? I mean, yes, I know Danny being a celebrity is a bit of a stretch, but then again, he is on a talk show. Well, there's even a sign there for curtain. Danny definitely likes this flattery. It's like, well, I mean, I, w I, I wouldn't call myself a big star, but then again, you just did, so. <laughs> so he's like, oh, well, it was nice meeting you. Clear definitely just right out the window. As soon as he sees DJ, he's like, oh, that's right. You're great. Yeah, Senior Year mostly is labeled everything. You know, the curtains, the blinds, the table, the desks, the end table with the stereo on it. Label, label, label. Which, this is probably what introductory to Spanish. I mean, DJ's only in sixth grade. She's not in junior high yet. I don't know what grade do they start teaching languages. So, he's like, oh, well, I actually came here to talk about DJ's grade. Why'd you get a D? And it's like, Senorita Mosley exhales like, oh, I really don't have time for this. So she probably thinks like, oh, boy, I don't have time to get into this. Okay, so Senorita Mosley says that in the beginning, DJ was getting B's and C's. So, no, she wasn't getting an A. She wasn't even getting an A. She was getting B's and C's. So, clearly... Even at the very beginning, she was not grasping the work. So instead of, you know, trying to improve and get an A and get help, she just was like, well, I don't understand this. I'm clear. I'm not going to ask for help. I don't want to seem dumb or whatever DJ's logic is. And she just kept like, well, I'm just going to do what I can do and leave the rest, you know, questions on these tests blank or the worksheets or whatever they work on. Senior Ada Mosley confirms, you know, as work got harder, DJ became discouraged and she stopped trying. And he's like, well, I was wondering, do you think, and at that minute, the bell rings and she's like, I have a class. I, if you want to continue this conversation, wait at a later time. <laughs> oh, so she does volunteer her time to stop by after school and kind of, uh, Set up a study program to help DJ catch up, which I think is an excellent idea. And the fact that she's actually taking time out of her day. I mean, she's in the classroom, what, six, eight hours a day, five days a week? 
her time after she gets out of her job should be her own, but she's volunteering. Maybe it's because of her infatuation with Danny. Maybe it's because she actually wants to help students and see them succeed and grasp a language that they, you know, I'm sure it's always got to be difficult learning a new language. I mean, we hear that, like, the English language is probably going to be one of the hardest for people to grasp, which it, you know, probably is. You know, words that sound the same but mean different things or words that are spelt the same but are pronounced differently and it's just like, like oh what i mean he's impressed i mean the fact that this teacher is going above and beyond like yeah i'll be more than happy to come out and like set up a a little workshop or a, a little um tutorial to help dj catch up on her work and everything and he shakes her hand like that would be great thank you they shake hands for quite a while. She's like, well, I'm here to help. <laughs> you really should have had a phone call home or a progress report sent home or asked to speak to DJ after class. Were any of these attempts made? More than likely. But then again, if she said DJ's getting B's and C's. So how much, if she's like, she went from a B, then to a C, and then to a D. So it's not like she went from a B, C straight to a D. So it's like her work just gradually got more and more difficult. But the character of DJ, I mean, do we really see her that is one that tends to give up too easily when when doing things? Or whether she feels I've always been really good at things, so the idea of something being a struggle for me is is really hard to accept. I don't know. Things seem to always come pretty easily for DJ. And she says, hasta luego. And he says, uh, apoyo loco. Which, I don't know if that actually... Because he says it later on, and I swear he does say it in the 13 Candles episode where he and... Becky are doing uh, the tango. They're learning a dance segment for a Wake Up San Francisco segment thing that they're doing. And I remember when Jesse kind of cuts in, like, poor favor. And he's like, a poy loco. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what the answer is. A poy loco. <laughs> and the door opens and kids start filing in. DJ is literally... Just bubbling with anticipation. Like, so what's my new grade? A? A plus? And he's like, uh, it's still a D. And she's like, that's the grade I had. I thought you were going to help me. And I'm like, DJ! Seriously? Really? You think he's going to go in there, he's going to yell at your teacher, and she's going to, out of fear, change your grade to an A? I know she's 12, but use some common sense. She said A, A plus, A minus. She looked at him and she's guilty. She's like, I thought you were on my side. I'd be like, yeah, I'm on the side of like an explanation, DJ. You didn't just go from a B to a D. So what happened? I would have wanted answers if this if she were my kid. I'd be like, you don't just go from this to this overnight so if he were you know honestly he'd be asking those questions what's what is it Quinny 
What, babe? Hmm? Do you want to watch the episode? Hmm? And Danny assures her, like, DJ, I am on your side. In fact, Senior Rita mostly thinks she can help you bring up that D. And he tells her, we will talk about this after school. It's like, DJ, Kimmy, Kimmy even, Kimmy, get your butt in there. The conversation isn't meant for your ears. And this is my Spanish class. Now remember, Dad, that D was totally unfair. You're Don't worry, Deej. I'm on your side. I'll get your grades straightened out. Hi, Steph. How's it going? <laughs> you think she's carrying this I'm not a chatterbox thing too far? Personally, I find it a refreshing change of pace. <laughs> hey, Mr. Tanner, did you get DJ's grade changed yet? Did you yell at Senorita Mosley? Did you make her cry? <laughs> oh, he hasn't gone in yet. Chicken? Kimmy, you're doing so well in Spanish. You ever think of moving to Mexico? <laughs> Come on, Dad, class is gonna start. Now go in there and show no mercy. Okay, don't worry, Deej. I'm totally cool. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, Senorita Mosley? Danny Tanner? I mean, I mean, Mr. Tanner. Oh, I love your talk show. I watch you all the time. You know, you're taller than I thought you'd be. Yeah, well, on TV, I'm only this big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are so funny. You know, I love the show you did last week where you learned how to make pizza dough. Really? You know, it's harder than it looks because first you gotta pound the dough. Dad's really giving it to her now. Or you could just pick up a phone and order one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so witty. No wonder you're such a big star. <laughs> oh, well, I wouldn't call myself a big star. But you just did. It'd be pretty silly for me to argue, huh? <laughs> well, it's nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. Oh, wait, um... I came here to talk about DJ's grade. Why did she get a D? Well, you know, she started out getting B's and C's. But then, as the work got harder, she got discouraged, and she simply stopped trying. Well, I was wondering, do you think... Oh, look, I'm sorry, class is starting. You know, I'd be happy to stop by after school and set up a study program to help DJ catch up. Really? I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I'm here to help. Well, until <laughs> later. Hasta luego. Uh, I'll pull you loco. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> so what's my new grade? A, A plus, A minus? DJ. Please. D. D? That's the grade I had. I thought you were on my side. I am, DJ. Senorita Mosley thinks she can help you bring up that D. We'll talk about this after school. Alright, let's go back to the second plot, of course, which is Joey and Jesse and Michelle in the Mr. Marshmallow campaign. They have Michelle. She's sitting on the couch in the living room wearing this adorable white sailor outfit with the little backwards bib. And then she's got the red, um, I don't even know what you, red 
tie thing or whatever. I don't know. But she keeps, it's that same bag of marshmallows. And she's like, yummy in the tummy. And she pops another one in her mouth. She clearly loves these things. But it's like, you guys should have been monitoring her. That, oh my gosh. That is unhealthy. Has she not had anything else but marshmallows? Joey tries to give her a little more direction with, all right, that was good, Michelle, but next time try it nice and loud. More energy. She's like, she clenches her fist and like, yummy in the tummy. Like, whoa. <laughs> Maybe dial it down just a smidge. <laughs> Jesse, who's been standing there the whole time, apparently, is like, says, Joey, what are you doing? You're turning my sweet little Michelle into Sam Kennison. So, for those of you that aren't familiar with Sam Kennison, I mean, I had heard of the name. He probably might have been in commercials. You know, that's maybe my reference for him. But, <laughs> I guess he's he's kind of known for, you know, his, his comedy, but also, I guess, his screaming. That's why Jesse is like, you're turning my sweet little Michelle into a Sam Kennison. Because she's like, yummy in the tummy! Okay, that's enough of that. So, Joey's like, alright, Michelle, grab your wardrobe. And, of course, she gets off the couch, goes over to the chair, and pulls down what her blue dress that she's wearing for the commercial is attached to a hanger. She just pulls it right down and toddles off. And Jesse's, you know, walking her up the two steps to the front door. Joey's like, you're gonna make that, he tells her, you're gonna make that Gerber baby want to hang up her booties. How many Gerber babies have there been since the first original Goober baby? Did I say Goober? I meant Gerber baby. Alright, so Dan Gerber is the one they owned Fremont Canning Company. I know this is a little history lesson real quick. I'm throwing it right in here. Looking for a baby face for its new baby food campaign, which was to start in the latter part of 1928. To find a baby face that it believed would best represent the new baby food. Conducted a contest in the summer of 1928. Many drawings and paintings were submitted. Some were elaborate baby portraits and oil paint, while others were, sim well, were simple sketches. So, Dorothy Hope Smith of Westport, Connecticut, an artist specializing in children's drawings, submitted an unfinished charcoal drawing. So, Smith told the judges that if the sketch was selected as the winner, she would finish it professionally. The drawing won, but to her surprise, the judges wanted no changes to it. So, in 1928, the Gerber baby symbol was introduced to help identify the new product. It was first used in a baby food advertisement in the magazine Good Housekeeping. Within 60 days, Gerber strained foods using the Gerber baby symbol had gained national recognition being distributed to various places throughout the United States. It became internationally recognized. So we learn about the baby in the sketch, the model for Smith's original sketch, Ann Turner Cook, who grew up to be a mystery novelist and English teacher. Although she avoided publicity for many years, Cook more recently has granted interviews to several Florida newspapers. In the beginning of 2011, the company was in the process of looking for the next Gerber baby. It eventually chose a toddler named Mercy Townsend. 
of note, in the beginning of February 2018, guys, I trust me, this is the end of this. Okay. Gerber selected a baby affected by Down syndrome for its advertising campaign and received praise and appreciation from many sources in 2020. For the first time, Gerber chose an adopted baby as the face of their campaign. I really want to applaud Gerber for doing that, not just showing, you know, a regular baby, but, you know, babies that... There are many, you know, what I'm saying is there are many different babies out there, but I like that they're also including babies with Down syndrome, you know, adopted babies. I really think, honestly, it's great that they do get awareness out there. I I, I think that's important. Just like with some, you know, children's models, you know, modeling clothes for magazines, not just including white children, but children of many other races, physical and mental disabilities, and just really broadening, just making it very broad to include, you know, children in every single aspect of, of the way. So that was a Gerber history lesson. I actually learned some stuff I didn't know. Okay, so Danny and Senorita Mosley, whose first name is Linda, come through the kitchen and they start, you know, she loves this, you know, label. I think it's a great idea to label the door, the couch, the coffee table. And of course... Danny's like, oh, wait a minute, I want to say goodbye to my youngest here as she goes off to her first televised commercial debut. The Puerta. I guess that's door. I, I, I can't say it like Linda says it. but So it's like, bye, Danny. Or take you, Michelle. Bye, Linda. And she says, el gustos me... I'm sorry, I can't... I can't do it. And of course... Jesse also didn't study Spanish in school or learn Spanish. He's like, right back at you. So Danny's like, wait a minute. Michelle, good luck. And I want you to remember when you're a big star, who changed your diapers all those years? And both Jesse and Joey together are like, me. That's right, Danny. They changed her diapers for the majority of the time. Granted, she's still wearing diapers, so. So... Linda calls Danny back, says, hey, let's keep labeling. This is a great way for DJ to learn her Spanish vocabulary. So she says, she labels the couch, she says, this is el sofa. And Danny's like, the sofa is el sofa? No, it's like she puts an emphasis on the A. Danny's just really dumb here. He's like, how could she get a D in this language? Like, and even Linda's like, they're not all that easy. You're pronouncing sofa wrong anyway. She says, el sofa. Sofa, Danny. Sofa. So Danny, of course, as they both sit on the couch, she picks up the word pedero. I can't roll my R's. Um, but she can, definitely. And he just sees it as pero, as in two of, as in you have a lovely pero eyes. I'm like, Danny, please. Yeah, he's flirting now. He's like, hey, no, Jesse and Joey are out of the house. I can bring out my big guns. And I can, like, eh. I'm really not a fan of this pairing. I mean, it's it just seems like Danny's only into her because she's 
single and she's a woman. I mean, she's a she's a nice lady. I think she's going out of her way, out of her her time away from her job to help DJ. But then again, it could even maybe be not just because she wants to help a student, her student, but she's also got a thing for Danny. She's so starstruck. She finds that so funny. <laughs> Because she just put her hand on his arm. Like, oh, <laughs> that's very sweet of you. Like, okay. Now, they're both heavily flirting. I mean, he's complimenting her peril eyes. And she is, like, <laughs> laughing at what he's saying, touching his arm. And she says, that's very funny. But no, it's actually pronounced, it means dog. And it's pronounced, oh, my God, I'm going to attempt this. You know, I'm just not going to attempt it and <laughs> just let Linda do it because she knows what she's doing. I can't do it. I'm, Quinn, can you do it? Can you say dog in Spanish? No? She's like, why would I want to? I'm a cat. Right? You're a cat, right? Meow. Gwenny. Yeah, she's hanging out with me in the podcast room. Explains to Danny that the double R is very important in the Spanish language because it rolls. I can't do that either. I can't roll my R's. I can't. There's a certain way that you do with your tongue. And we know where this is going to lead. He sounds like a car trying and failing to turn over when you turn the key. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting attempt. He is now grabbing onto his hand with both of her hands. Like, come on now, try it. with, Because she is, like, leaning in so close. He's like, Pedro. And she's like, no, 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 no. You need more lip. And she's touching his chin. She is getting in so close. Forget personal space. That, like, vanished, like, as soon as she touched his arm. But now she's got her hand in his. She's touching his chin. You need more lip. She points to her lips with her finger and says, Now watch my mouth. I can't do it. <laughs> she just keeps repeating that. And their faces get closer and closer. And her their eyes are closed. Again, she touches his chin and they they kiss. The audience is like, ooh. Ladies are like, ooh. The ladies in the audience. And they break from the kiss. And Danny is just like, caramba. I don't know what that means. I don't even think that means anything. Or if it does, he doesn't know what it means. And honestly, it's just a simple, it's a mouth kiss, a closed mouth kiss, you know, and no open mouths in this scenario, but apparently in TV land that's uh, still enough to knock one's socks off. Linda immediately starts to backpedal on this. It's like, oh, she puts a hand to her chest like, oh, I'm sorry, I just... She's like rolling her eyes at herself and she's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And she gets up from the couch and starts to walk away. And Danny gets up and follows her like, oh, Linda, no, no, don't be Like He's trying to like poor failed attempt at rolling his R's. And she laughs at him like, <laughs> he 
grabs her by the elbow and turns her to face him like, hey, aren't you impressed? I'm attempting to roll my R's. And Danny's like, pretty much giving her the green light go ahead. He's like, that was okay. That was nice. And they embrace again and they kiss. Of course, right when they do, guess who's walking through the door? Kimmy, DJ, and two of DJ's classmates. And, of course, Kimmy's got the line of, Whoa, baby! Talk about awkward as heck! Both of, both Linda and Danny break apart like, Whoa, whoa, what, 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 what just happened here? And DJ immediately shames her dad. Like, oh, so that's why you got, you didn't get my grade changed. Oh, she said, that's why you took her side. Thanks for sticking up for me, dad. DJ, oh, you gotta be kidding me, girl. You gotta be kidding me. Really? Uh Uh-huh. This is why you have a D in Spanish? No. You have a D in Spanish because you gave up and you failed to seek help. This is on you, girl. I love how she just runs upstairs embarrassed and leaves her friends just standing there awkwardly. Like, (laughs) Kimmy is, like, the way she's got her head, like, cocked to the side, just looking at Danny, who's got his hands in his pants, just awkwardly, like, uh, I don't know what to do with this. Oh, this is awkward. And Senorita, Linda's all like, Danny, aren't you going to say something? She's just kind of looking like, I don't know what to do here. And the two girls from DJ's class are all just like, uh... Should we leave? <laughs> Do we need to shrink? Can we go? But Kimmy, it just her, her her head is just cocked at Danny in like amazement and bewilderment. Like Mr. T never ceases to amaze me. Like I've never seen a grown man sweat nervously before. <laughs> Yummy and a tummy. <laughs> that was good, Michelle. But next time, try it with a little more energy, nice and loud. Yummy and a tummy. <laughs> Joey, what are you doing? You're turning my sweet little Michelle into Sam Kinison. Come on, Michelle, grab your wardrobe. You're going to make that Gerber baby want to hang up her booties. Come on, come on. And we'll label the door La Puerta. La Puerta. See you later, Danny. Nice meeting you, Linda. El gusto es mío. Right back at you. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, good luck, Michelle. When you're a big star, remember who changed your diapers all those years. Me. Come on, let's keep labeling. This is really a fun way for DJ to help build her Spanish vocabulary. This is El Sofa. The sofa is El Sofa? How could she get a D in this language? Well, they're not all that easy. Oh, pero. That means two of, right? As in, you have a lovely pero eyes. <laughs> That's very sweet of you, but no, it means dog, and it's pronounced perro. The double R is very important in the Spanish language. It rolls. <laughs> Come on, try it with me. Perro. Pero. Perro. You need more lips. Now watch my mouth. Perro. 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 
Yes, Pluto. Caramba. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, Linda, wait a minute. Don't, don't be sorry. That felt nice. <laughs> Whoa, baby! <laughs> so that's why you took her side. Thanks for sticking up for me, Dad. You know how she just abandons her friends? I gotta say, I mean... I don't like Danny's hair in season two. He's still got a bit of the mullet going on. And it's just like, I like Danny's hair kind of a little bit more in the, maybe the laterish seasons. Like midway, like season six onward. I gotta say, I mean, as nice as Linda is and everything, I gotta say, I mean, and she's kind of, I wonder if her using, like, oh, let's make up these signs because you know she's all about you know the labels and everything like that and if she you know maybe yes she does want to help dj but you saw she had stars in her eyes she was starstruck by danny and i think she used helping dj as a way to get i don't know i mean she's generally definitely a nice lady and everything like that but it just i really kind of gotta question her motives I mean, maybe, yes, she wants to help her student, but on the other hand, it's like, it's Danny Tanner, he's a celebrity. Oh, and he likes me. <laughs> you and I, that just feels the whole setup of, like, parallel, just with the rolling of the arms. Watch my mouth, you need more lips. Look at my mouth. Close your eyes. Like, <laughs> that was a complete setup. It really, really, I think it was. And then, of course, she, I mean, I doubt, I don't think a teacher's going to lose her job because she's making out with a student's parents. I mean, it's not like Danny is married or seniorator. 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 I'm just going to call her Linda. Linda. It's not like Linda's married. It's not like she's got a boyfriend. Neither of them are attached to other people. So, and like I said, it's not against the law for a teacher to date a parent student. But then again, I don't know what the rules are anymore. Things might have changed. I don't think they have. Now I gotta ask this for tall people. And the thing is, I'm five foot two. And Jeremy is five foot eleven. So I can imagine, you know, a taller person kissing a shorter person. And I don't think I ever asked, I'm gonna, not gonna ask my husband this. Like, does it strain your neck when you bend down to kiss? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It doesn't matter anyway, because you, lo you love each other and you make it work. I mean, Danny's not like eight feet, or eight feet. He's not like six inches taller than she is. She's not really, she's not short. She looks like she could be, what, maybe five, six, five, eight? I don't know. I'm just, I, ugh, I'm so angry and frustrated with DJ because her character is just, you think, yeah, you're better than this DJ, but always blaming someone else for her problems? I mean, can't really give any examples of that, but it just, it just irritates me that she is not accepting responsibility for her own 
faults. You didn't ask for help. You could have asked for help. The teacher, you know, it's supposed, basically, if you're struggling, ask for help. Doesn't mean you're going to be looked down as stupid because you're not getting the material. But if you seriously don't get what you're learning as the work goes on, Linda even said the work got harder and she became discouraged and just, she stopped trying. She gave up. And I really like that Danny, he's going to say, sweetie, you know you deserve that D. You weren't working up to your potential of what I know DJ Tanner is capable of. But alright, let's uh, get to the scene where Danny's going to confront her. Because she needs a reality check. Alright, so we're up in the girls' room. DJ, of course, is sitting on her bed with a magazine on her lap. Danny comes in. He does knock before he opens the door. And Danny, of course, it's like... (laughs) He can tell... That DJ's clearly bothered by this. I mean, she walked in on her dad kissing her teacher. And Kimmy was there and two girls from her class. So you know that that is going to get around by the time she gets to school tomorrow. Everybody's going to know about it. He says, DJ, something tells me we need to talk. And I'm just like, you think? (laughs) DJ, of course, has put up this wall. Dad, there's nothing to talk about. You kissed my teacher. Oh, here comes Stephanie. Uh, (laughs) She finally decided to uh, unzip her lips. And she's like, you, she says, you kissed Mr. Zambruski? So apparently she knows one of DJ's teachers. And Danny tells Stephanie, no, I kissed Senorita Mosley. And Stephanie's reaction, of course, is that of a kid. Like, ugh, you kissed a teacher? Ew. Stephanie realizing her mistake. Oops, there I go again, shattering away. And she does up her lips like she's, like, buttoning them tight. Like she's locking them like a diary lock and tossing away the key. DJ is being a straight-up brat here. And she says, I can't believe you sold out your own daughter for a kiss. So she gets up off her bed, walks across the room to go sit on Stephanie's bed. Danny seems like that's not what happened. Again, she's blaming everyone else but herself for that D in Spanish. Like, she thinks just because she takes the class, she should automatically get an A regardless of whether or not she does well on the work. Like, you automatically get, no, 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 no. That is not how it works. She looks, sits on Stephanie's bed, looks at Danny, and accusingly says, you said you were on my side. And the way Danny points at her, he says, let's get a few things straight here. Like, young lady, you are not going to speak to your father that way. So Danny explains to DJ that kissing Senorita Mosley had nothing to do with her. And he tells her how kissing her was a mistake and that it will never happen again. And Danny tells her, but that has nothing to do with your D in Spanish. And it doesn't. But DJ is like, Dad, forget my grade, alright? You kissed my teacher. And my friends saw. 
And in a week or two, they'll move on to some other gossip, sweetie. At the end of the day, you still have a D in Spanish. That is what we need to focus on here. And Danny kind of almost feels like he's at a lot. He doesn't know how to explain this more clearly. As he says, look, parents make mistakes too. You know, I don't know what else to say. He was sitting on Stephanie's toy box and now he's standing up. And it's like, dude... You are the parent. You're an adult. You don't have to defend yourself to her. Her attitude is totally bogus. Any other kid that speaks to their parent like that is going to either wind up grounded or... Yeah. yeah. I get... She is 100% in the wrong. It's okay to be upset, but the way that she's talking to Danny... You know she would never speak to Pam that way. Then again, more than likely, Pam probably would be following up on DJ's classwork. Like, let me see your homework. You got it done? All right, let me see. Maybe maybe Pam took a foreign language class in school. Who knows? I mean, clearly, Jesse and Joey and Danny didn't. I thought in school that you either had to take Spanish or you either took... French or those sound like the ones that they normally would be having you take at least one foreign language at school, whether it's elementary school or upper elementary school or junior high, high school. Now, whether or not that's a requirement, I don't know. Maybe it's more of an elective, like, oh, you have the option, which, like I said, Having a, another a second language is not a bad thing. Especially when, if you think about it, there are some jobs that want a qualified candidate to be bilingual. Which, yeah. Danny turns to face DJ and says, you're just going to have to accept my apology. And Danny, like I said, he does not have to apologize to her. So, she basically um, internally rolls her eyes and says, fine, apology accepted, excuse me. She gets up off Stephanie's bed and walks out of the room. And Danny just stands her hands on his hips like, huh, that went well. I like Danny's tie. I think it's kind of cool. I do not like his suit jacket that he's wearing. DJ... Something tells me we need to talk. There's nothing to talk about. You kissed my teacher. You kissed Mr. Zambruski? <laughs> no, I kissed Senorita Mosley. You kissed the teacher? Ew! Oops. There I go again, chattering away. Silly me. Can't believe you sold out your own daughter for a kiss. That's not what happened. You said you were on my side. Let's get a few things straight here. My kissing Senorita Mosley had nothing to do with you. Kissing her was a mistake, and it will never happen again. But that has nothing to do with your D in Spanish. Dad, forget my grade. You kissed my teacher, and all my friends saw it. Look, parents make mistakes too. I don't know what else to say. You're just going to have to accept my apology. 
Fine, apology accepted. Excuse me. Well, that went well. All right, now we're jumping back into, I'm going to call it plot B, the marshmallow commercial. Which Jesse and Joey are working for Mr. Malatesta. They come up with the advertising pitches, then they are sold or not sold to the clients, depending on whether the client wants them. Apparently, we... Mr. Marshmallow must have been pretty happy. He's like, I like that idea. The kid on the clouds. I don't know about the dog, but I like the kid on the clouds eating the marshmallow saying yummy in the dummy. Works for me. At no point do I remember them actually having to go through and shoot the commercial. However, however, there is an episode... I'm blanking on the title right now. I'm going to go look it up because I want... you You think I'm a Full House fanatic. I should have them all memorized, right? <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay, the, question, the episode in question I am thinking of, Season 4, Episode 3, The IQ Man, where Jesse and Joey come up with an idea for the IQ Man cologne... Where the point where they're actually going to shoot the commercial in Joey's basement bedroom. And maybe that's like for the company, maybe it's the bears to bones. Maybe they don't want to spend a whole lot of money in a production studio and paying real actors or up and coming actors and stuff. They can get it for a, a decent price. But then again, <clears throat> depending on. Whether these companies are... Maybe Mr. Marshmallow could very well be a company that's under jet stuffed or under some other... I don't know. Is jet stuff... Wait, is that the only... I know there's usually store brands of marshmallows. And then there's... I think it's called jet stuffed. Jet puffed is what they're called. What? What? What did you say? Jet stuffed? Jet puffed? Stuffed puffs. Okay. Oh. Chocolate stuffed marshmallow. They're so. Ooh, chocolate peppermint bark. Interesting. They have so. Oh, seasonal different types of marshmallows coming out at different times. Christmas shaped. Halloween shaped, Easter shaped, thanks probably Thanksgiving shaped, Halloween pumpkins, pumpkin. Oh, Lucky Charm, Jet Puffed Lucky Charms, magically delicious marshmallows. Sign me. What in the world? Toasted coconut marshmallows. Eh, I don't know about that one. Now I've heard. Um, there's this. What is it called? Um, it's like a. A fluff sandwich with like peanut butter and marshmallow cream. I've never had it. Have you? Has anyone had it? If you've had it and you like it, let me know. Cause that just that really does sound good. Like I could like put some toast in the toaster. I've been eating a lot of PB and J lately. A lot of you know a sandwich for lunch with some chips and um, the peanut butter and the marshmallow cream just sounds really good especially on toast. I might look into that. And you're like, "No, don't do it. You're going to rot out your teeth." But yeah, they got a little setup here. They got a cloud sky background. They got a 
set up in the middle with marshmallow you know, not real marshmallows I think they're all fake cloud cottony marshmallows and they got these big lights set up they got a camera and this lighting guy here Jesse's like hey do you think you kind of tone it down a little bit with the lights you're starting to toast my marshmallows is he worried that the cotton is going to burst into flames? They're not real marshmallows. Jesse's like, you're nice. Thank you very much. You're a nice kid. Don't change. That guy looks older than you, Jesse. Well, I guess Jesse is going to film the commercial because he's looking through the viewfinder of the camera, making sure this shot is all set up. Looks gorgeous. We got a guy with a... That looks like it could be a, a microphone on a on a stand, almost kind of like a boom mic in a way, just without the the fuzz. You know, the fuzzy boom mics? Well, maybe not all boom mics have fuzz on them. I don't know. I like they do have a person of color. That is very nice. Grand I don't think he has a speaking part, but... Ah, oh, here we go! Jesse's parents! How <laughs> they knew that he was gonna... He probably called them up as soon as they, like, got the account secured. And they're like, oh my gosh, what's the address? Okay, great. But, of course, this is a surprise visit. Like, oh, look at our son. He's such a big shot now. I swear if Nick says something about, like, oh, wow, you decided to not kill bugs anymore to do this. Did you know when Jesse decided to pursue advertising and his music that his father just really looked down on that like it's more of a hobby killing bugs and being an exterminator is where the money is and it's a, he started a family business for his son to take over which I don't know how much I kind of like that I mean you start a business hoping what you know you'll have kids and they'll take over the business but then again you don't know if your kids are gonna want to do that they're gonna want to maybe branch out and come up with their own ideas of how they want to make a living. There we go! The tushy grab! <laughs> Irene is like, oh, it seems like just yesterday I diapered this little tushy! And she just pinches his butt. It's like, he is 25 at this point? He hasn't turned 26 yet. I don't believe. Jesse's like, whoa, 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 whoa! Mother, please! Whoa! Please, with, the, with my tushy, okay? I, I have to work with these people, huh? Oh, they're there to pick up Michelle. Because you're like, what are you guys doing here? She's like, oh, well, you asked us to pick up Michelle. Well, she's going to be in the commercial. Or are they just waiting around to take her to babysit her after the commercial's been shot? And Jesse and Joey probably got to go back to, well, back to the office. Or, oh, uh, no, they're working from home. Oh, Jesse's like, yes, it's six o'clock. And he looks at his watch. He looks at his watch and he's like, it's only four, mother. And she, I love how she feigns innocence. Like, like, oh, are we early? She's got a camera around her neck. She clearly has ulterior motive. She wants to take a picture of her son, the great advertiser, and her granddaughter, who's going to be the next marshmallow child spokesperson. Nick 
calls her out just like I just said. He's like, Irene, you have a camera around your neck. You're not fooling anybody, okay? Okay. Yeah, so Irene's like, okay, we, we came to see Michelle. So where's our little superstar? Joey comes out from behind this uh, set piece wall. And <laughs> here comes Michelle dressed in that beautiful light blue dress. Wearing sunglasses, the white sunglasses, which go great with her blue dress. Oh, she's wearing heart-shaped white sunglasses with little rhinestones. And you can see that marshmallow bag that used to be full as of yesterday is like maybe a quarter of the way full. Maybe not even that at this point. So she's worked her way through an entire bag of marshmallows that most likely weighed the same size as she. Oh, her dress. Oh, I like the sleeves are like poofy. They're poofy. I love it. He's like, hey, babe. <laughs> Such a little star. Such a starlet. I love it. Jesse, Nick, and Irene all just la like, look at this kid. I'm telling you. She's Oh, this kid is like, ah, oh, she cracks us up every time. Joey picks her up. Apparently, he told her to say, hey, babe. He's like, see, hey, babe, I told you you'd get a laugh with that. I remember this also from the promo for this episode as Joey's like, no, please, no autographs. Miss Tanner can't write. <laughs> ah, Nick is just going gaga over Michelle. He's like, ah. Oh. Look at this cutie pie. And he turns to Irene and he's like, Irene, who's that redhead I like on Gilligan's Island? And he's like, no, not Marianne, the movie star. And Irene's like, Tina Louise. And Nick goes over and, her, and he says, that's right, she's a teeny tiny Tina. Again with the tushy grab. But she's like, ah, look at that little tushy. And Jesse's like, mother, please, whoa. Because she's like trying to pinch Michelle's tushy through her diaper. Jesse's like, Mother, do you have to grab everyone's tushy? Luckily, Nick, like, all right, come on, Irene, let's go. They're going to shoot the picture here. So Jesse takes Michelle from Joey. He's like, all right, little angel, we're going to set you right here on top of the marshmallow here. And right away, Irene is back with that camera. I love how Nick is just reclining in one of those, like, director's chairs. Like, I'm just going to hang. I'm just going to hang out here. And, and Jesse's like, Mother, please. With the pictures already. He's like, Ma! Like, do you mind? She's like, okay, okay. <laughs> I love how she just asks him, and like, just holds the camera up for a second, and takes a picture, and walks away. Like, he don't even know if he took a picture of Michelle. Well, that one clearly didn't turn out. <laughs> it's a picture of the wall behind the backdrop. I gotta say, this set is really dingy. I only, I, at first I thought there was like some rusted out fireplace back there, but it looks like a rusted out piece of machinery. Like they're working in an abandoned warehouse somewhere with an old piece of, that looks like a furnace or something. It makes me nervous. All this old, uh, rusted, rotted out equipment. It's just like, it looks like it's going to burst into flames in it. Those hot lights around this is a a major hazard just waiting to happen. 
So Mr. Malatesta comes up like, alright, everybody, and Jesse's like, repeating what he's saying. And Mr. Malatesta's like, let's make marshmallow magic. <laughs> I like that. That should be the slogan, marshmallow magic, or the brand name, uh, other than Mr. Marshmallow. So Joey's like, alright, Michelle, let's show Mr. Malatesta just how we practice it, and he hands her, uh, these, like I said, they're all mini marshmallows. He hands it to Michelle, she tosses it like, ugh, such disgust on her face, like, no more. Of course, Jesse and Joey, because their boss is watching, he's not really impressed, like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> oh, this is just how she warms up. That's right. She throws one first. <laughs> I love how Jesse's like, Meryl Streep, same technique. Joey gives Michelle another marshmallow, says, now Michelle, remember, yummy in the tummy. She takes it, tosses it, and is like, yucky. She just looks like, bleh, I don't even want to look at another marshmallow for the rest of my life. So, yeah, Joey and Jesse kind of laugh it off. Like, <laughs> it sounds like she said yucky. And Mr. Malatesta is not smiling anymore. It's like, I'm not, this isn't, like, they gotta shoot the commercial. They got a set of, you know, amount of time that they gotta get this done. They'll probably have to take more than one take. But she clutches her stomach and says, tummy full. And apparently because she'd been rehearsing, she worked her way through an entire, just about an entire bag. God, that is such, such irresponsible parenting. I'm surprised that she isn't, like, puking. Not to mention, I mean, I don't know how many, how many but, but uh, teeth she's got in her head, but you only want to have her checked out by a dentist. We don't want those baby teeth that are coming in to be all of a sudden filled with cavities. And she can't even brush her teeth yet. Yeah, I know their baby teeth will fall out, but still. No. She rehearsed all day? You guy, ugh. Give her a few... Have her work out the line, like, alright, good, we'll pick this up when we get there, and, you know, because they'll have to do a few takes. But the fact that they just let her eat the whole dang bag, yeah, like I said, I don't think she wants to ever look at a marshmallow again. I wouldn't. So, Mr. Malatesta just kind of claps Jesse on the back, like, I understand it happens. Dump the baby. And he's like, hey, see if you can give me the baby from the dog food commercial. Jesse is pleading with him, like, oh, well, no, sir, just let her digest. Like, no, you guys overdid it on the marshmallows. Shame on you. Of course, Nick is like, is this guy crazy? This is the next Tino Louise. No, there, he wasn't sitting in a director's chair. He was sitting in a hard plastic chair, like, at the DMV. Or a doctor. Doctor's waiting rooms chairs aren't like, made of hard plastic. I think some, well, some might be. Some you might get lucky and they're, like, a nice padded seat. So, Nick decides to go confront Jesse and Joey's boss. And Irene is following him saying, Nikki, let me talk to him, okay? I can be nice. And Jesse's like, Mother, don't touch his tushy! <laughs> He's like, Mother, that's my boss. Don't touch his tushy! <laughs> So, Joey grabs Michelle from the cloud of, mar you know, cotton marshmallows. 
says, oh, Michelle, you were terrific. We just let you eat, eat too many marshmallows. And he says, don't take this personally. You're fired. And she looked at him and said, you're fired. He's like, no, you're fired. And it's so cute. And she's like pointing like, you're fired. And he's like, no, you're fired. And he's like, give me a kiss. She kisses him on the cheek. And he's like, you're still fired. <laughs> I, don't, I love how the guys are with Michelle, just, I, I, you know, with the old, the actors, with the Olsen twins, it's just, it's really, really cute. Because, you know, they gotta, you know, they have the scenes with Michelle and stuff, you know the actors have to have a good bond with her. Well, with both the girls, the Olsen, Ashley and Mary-Kate. Alright, uh, the lighting is a little harsh, can you turn it down, please? You're starting to toast my marshmallows. Thank you very much, you're a nice kid, don't change. Right. Yeah. Look at our son. Such a big shot now. Seems like just yesterday I diapered this little tushy. Mommy, please with my tushies. I have to work with these people, huh? What are you guys doing here? Well, you asked us to pick up Michelle. Yes, it's six o'clock. It's only four, mother. Oh, are we early? I mean, you have a camera around your neck. You're not fooling anybody. Okay, okay. You came to see Michelle. Where's our little superstar? <laughs> Step aside, please. Make way for Miss Tanner. <laughs> hey, babe. Hey, babe, I told you you'd get a laugh with that. <laughs> no, please, no autographs. Miss Tanner can't write. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this little cutie pie she's like. Irene, who's that redhead I like on, on Gilligan's Island? Not Marianne, the movie star. Tina Louise. That's right, she's a teeny tiny <laughs> Tina. <laughs> and look at that little tushy. Oh, 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 mother, do you have to grab everyone's tushy? Come on, Irene. All right, here we go, little angel. Okay, now what you do, you sit up here on the marshmallow. Ma. Stand by, everyone! Stand by, everyone! We're almost ready! Okay, ready! We make marshmallow magic. That's it! Marshmallow magic. Okay, Michelle, let's show Mr. Malatesta just how we practiced it. No more. <laughs> this is just how she warms up. That's right, she, she throws one first. Meryl Streep, same technique. Okay, Michelle, remember, yummy in the tummy. Yucky. Yeah, he, he don't want to look at it. It sounded like you said yucky. Tummy full. Oh, poor kid. Uh, well, see, what's happened, sir, she's rehearsed all day. She went through a whole bag of these. You guys. <laughs> I understand. It happens. Dump the baby. Yeah. See if you can get me that baby mm -hmm. from the dog food commercial. Sir, let her digest. Is this guy crazy? This is the next Tina Louise. Nikki, let me talk to him. I can be nice. Hey. Mother, that's my boss. Don't touch his tushy. <laughs> oh, Michelle, you were terrific. We just let you eat too many marshmallows. Now, don't take this personally. You're fired. You're fired. No, you're fired. <laughs> no, you No. No. Give me a kiss. You're still fired. <laughs> you're fired. All right, it's the next morning, and Joey's got Stephanie's favorite lunch as she comes down the stairs with her bag. You know, she's got her, still got that Jetsons 
lunchbox, which I do believe she still has in season five. Peanut butter, jelly, and banana. That too sounds good. I actually remember um when I lived in Michigan, the G and L there at this only lo- one location had an Elvis shake, which was basically peanut butter and banana. And I'm like that. I got that as many times as I could until they didn't have it anymore. Of course, still on her vow of silence. She does the little mm, fingers to the lips. Mwah! Like, thank you, thank you. Even Jesse is like, Joey, we gotta get that kid to talk. It's like they're so used to her just spouting off whatever and just talking and just, you know, bubbly and energetic and stuff like that. With brimming with story, he's just like, I have no idea what's going on in the first grade. DJ comes down. In a jean jacket and jeans with a red t-shirt. Wearing my favorite color. Thank you. And Joey's like, alright, DJ, come on, you're going to be late for school. And he just gives her a paper sack. Lunch. So I take it she ditched the Barbie lunchbox. She takes the lunch from Joey and puts it up back up on the kitchen counter. Like, oh, I don't want to go to school. I feel sick. And both Jesse and Joey... They know what's going on. It's like, you're not sick, DJ. You're just worried the kids are going to laugh at you because of Danny kissing your teacher. DJ sits at the table and he's like, well, I'll tell you the perfect way to handle this. I love how also they are still baby-proof in the house with the gate that leads to Joe downstairs to the basement to Joey's room. And I think they usually also have one on the set of stairs go well maybe not the set of stairs going upstairs but I can understand them for Joey's room because it the stairs go down where both the other stairs go up all it takes is a tumble and boom she is down those stairs now, if anyone who's fallen down the stairs knows I've done it myself it is a really sucky feeling it hurts so Joey's advice is you go in there and you tell jokes about your dad kissing your teacher. That way the kids are laughing with you instead of laughing at you. And you're showing that it doesn't really bother you. If you just kind of make jokes about it like, (laughs) yeah, it doesn't bother me. You just kind of let it roll off your back. That way then the kids kind of know, well, we can't tease her about that. On the kitchen table. I've seen Michelle eat from the cereal bowl. It's a rainbow bright bowl. Joey says, it'll be no fun to tease you because you've already beaten him to the punchline. And DJ's like, but I don't know any jokes. And Joey's like, I'll help you write them. I'm like, you just said if she came down, she's going to be late for school. Are you writing them on the way to school? Jesse, of course, brings up his own story about being teased. You know, he was in the sixth grade, had a face full of acne because, you know, your hormones are all out of whack and your face gets extra oily. Uh, we've all been there, guys. We all know about the pimples and the zits and the... <laughs> trying to cover them. Jesse says, well, nobody teased me. And DJ looks at him like, why not? And he's like, beat up the first kid who said something. And I love Joey looking at Jesse like, you're not helping. There we go again with that pitcher of milk. 
That's a great way to get one gallon used in a day. <laughs> I love Joey. He's like kind of like uh, gesturing towards DJ. Like, can you not do that? Thank you, Jesse. You're not helping. Of course, Jesse says, like, uh, you know what? It might be best to go with Joey's plan on, in this case. Like, yeah. Uh, DJ's not a violent person. The only time, and this wasn't DJ acting violent, the only time I saw her get really, like, er, nasty is during that Kimmy's version of the frat party where those frat guys were like, don't take Kimmy away. She's a national treasure. If you go, the party will die. And she's like, then let it die. <laughs> Come on, Steph, we made your all-time favorite lunch. Peanut butter, jelly, and banana. <laughs> Joey, we gotta get that kid to talk. I have no idea what's going on in the first grade. Come on, DJ, you're gonna be late for school. I don't wanna go to school. I feel sick. DJ, you're not sick. You're worried that the kids are gonna tease you about your dad kissing your teacher, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you the perfect way to handle this. What you do is you go in and you tell a bunch of jokes about your dad kissing your teacher. That way, it's no fun to tease you because you beat him to the punchline. But I don't know any jokes. I'll help you write them. You know, when I was in sixth grade, had a face full of zits. Nobody teased me. Why not? Beat up the first guy who said something. <laughs> Actually, it might be best to go with Joey's plan in this case. <laughs> So, Danny, again, before class, is talking to Linda. Clearly, this is the only time available that he has before he goes to work. And he starts out like, well, Linda, it's not that I'm not attracted to you. He says, it's just, I, I think it's inappropriate for us to date while you're DJ's teacher. And she agrees with Danny. She's like, I know. Why did I kiss you? How could I do such a horrible thing? He's really being down on herself, like, normally I don't make mistakes like this with uh, my students' single parents. <laughs> Danny takes offense, like, well, I just said it was inappropriate. I didn't think it was repulsive. And Linda gets up from the desk and she's like, well, what I meant is I shouldn't be involved with a student's parent. Which, maybe not, I guess. So there's a fine line of, you know, parent-student relationship or uh, parent student um teacher student relationships there's also a fine line of parent uh teacher and uh the parent of a student like uh hey that just seems like a real dicey issue and danny says and i really don't want to put dj in an awkward position so yeah i mean he is thinking of her but Linda does bring up a good point. She says, but you know, I'll only be her teacher for three more months. So if that's the case, then they're in March? April, May, June, because kids go to like, what, the middle of June? And Danny says, we'll have dinner the day she graduates. We never see Linda again. Oh my gosh! I just realized something! Remember Danny's first date and Stephanie's hive mother, Linda? 
No, they're not the same person. But how funny that that was season one and this is season two. It's already a lady named Linda that he's involved with. (laughs) I just got that coincidence. So the bell rings. Danny's like, okay, better than have a repeat situation. I'm going to slip out the back. The back door? Really? He goes into the coat closet. Because he's probably like, well, I don't want to slip out the door to your classroom. You know, since the bell rang, kids are going to be filing in. So, like, Danny, that's the closet. So, the kids come in and she tries to rush them out. Like, hey, let's go to the cafeteria. We can learn the word for mystery meat and silverware and all that stuff. So, Kimmy and the other kids start coming in. I think they normally take their... Because Kimmy's headed right to the closet to put her coat up. I saw lockers out there. They don't have lockers to put that stuff in? Because we see another girl with a coat. And Linda greets them and is, like, trying to, like, thwart them off. Like, uh, let's not get settled yet. Because Danny, like, pops his head out. It's like you can hear, unless that is a soundproof closet, you can hear her talking to the kids. Now is not the time to come out of there. So, the kids are actually starting to sit down in their seats. So she says, alright, we're going to take a field trip to the cafeteria to learn the Spanish words for knife, fork, and mystery meat. I'm like, what? No spoon? Here comes DJ rolling in, and the kids all turn to look at her, and they're like, ooh. So, this is, I don't get this. Kimmy had sat down, but as soon as she saw DJ in the doorway, she got up and started going over to her, but she stopped as soon as Linda addressed the class, like, kids, no, don't. Like, that is disrespectful behavior. Don't act like that. So, DJ tells Senorita Mosley, like, hey, it's a cool, I got this. And she looks at the kids. So, <clears throat> now you're gonna disrupt the class, and you're gonna... <sighs> She's like, ooh, that's the best you can do? She's like, you guys need some help. Joey wrote DJ a knock-knock joke. And of course, Kimmy's right there because she's the one who's going to be involved in this knock-knock joke. This one boy who's wearing thick glasses behind Kimmy is wearing a gray... And black, it's not straight, it's got like a design on it, and it's got like, the color, it's like a sky blue, or maybe Robin's like, but his backpack, you see the strap he's holding over his shoulder, it's the same exact color that's on his shirt, his sweater. Kimmy, of course, we know that Kimmy wears the craziest, goofiest outfits, Here is no different. It's basically a white t-shirt with, I don't think you want to call it tribal designs, but more than likely now, this could be seen as offensive. So this is a simple one. DJ turns to Kimmy and says, knock, knock. Kimmy plays along like, who's there? DJ says, Deej. Kimmy asks, Deej who? And 
DJ finishes. Did you see my <laughs> my father kiss the teacher? The kids all laugh, and Linda is like, DJ, like, why are you drawing this? Up? Why are you drawing attention to yourself? And not to mention, you're probably embarrassing the teacher as well. Like, she probably DJ. I don't think this is the way to handle this situation. And DJ cuts her off like, oh no, you'll love this one. I love this. Linda just is like rolling her eyes like, oh, this kid. She just turns like, oh, rolls her eyes and heads back to her desk like, I can't stop this anyway, so I'm just going to let it play out. Like, I can't take control of this classroom. Her next joke. Courtesy of Joey Gladstone. Why does my father wear I love Senorita Mosley suspenders? And they're like, why? To keep my grades up. What the? the what? That is stupid. That is a stupid joke. Like your dad kissing your teacher has any effect on your grade whatsoever. These jokes are just... Ugh. I get that she's trying to protect, you know, herself from being teased and embarrassed and stuff, but now you're not just embarrassing yourself again by drawing attention to yourself in this situation, but you're embarrassing your teacher. And you're kind of taking over the class and being disruptive. Do you imagine if Senorita Mosley said, DJ, you have detention, or DJ, I want to see you after class, or... DJ's at the front of the class, she takes off her jacket and goes to put the ja her jacket in the closet, which... I don't remember ever, I mean, maybe in, like, first grade. No, that, because in second grade, we had a little, a coat room. And even in elementary school, in first grade, we had, outside the classroom, little hooks that you could stick your coat on, which, if you think about it, it makes your coat kind of, especially if you have anything valuable and you're, you're not going to have, like, your house keys or anything. Well, maybe you will if you're a latchkey kid back in the 80s. I don't know. But it just seems like if you got anything in there, it's going to be up for grabs for anybody that's, like, on their way to the bathroom. Like, oh, let me start digging through these pockets of these coats that are just here. Because if you think about it, you give a kid a hall pass, you don't know what their detour they're taking on the way to the, the uh, bathroom and back. Oh gosh, this just made me think of a memory from sixth grade computer class. We had a substitute. <laughs> How many kids asked to use the pass to go to the bathroom or were found goofing all around in the halls? Yeah. Apparently the kids all find this hilarious. So Linda comes up and says, Vamanos to the cafeteria, something along those lines. So basically it's like, let's get up and get to the cafeteria. DJ opens the closet door to hang up her jacket, which she could have just as easily just put it on the chair, you know, behind her desk chair. But no, uh, yeah, she sees Danny and DJ just looks at her dad like, what did I ever do to you? Oh, before that, when she, yeah, when she opens the closet, Danny's like, oh, uh, hi, Deej. And then the kids are all like, everybody but Kimmy. I like that Kimmy is now participating in this because she is a supportive friend of, to DJ. Everyone's like, ooh, how are these kids, these two boys here, I guess, aren't allowed to sit down. <laughs> They're supposed to just stand there. One kid is holding 
a notebook or a folder against his chest like it's like a plate of armor. Like, <sighs> but it's yeah, the boy with the glasses and the um the teal, the sky blue backpack that matches his uh gray black blue sweater thing. They're not sitting down. Are there not enough seats for the kids? I don't get this. This is where DJ's like, what did I ever do to you? And why Linda feels she has to explain, make an excuse to the class, like, class, this isn't what you think. I'd be like, what? Why are you making excuses to these kids? That's not their business. I would have said, let's go to the cafeteria, kids. Come on, up, 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 out of your seats. Let's go, go, go. Start filing towards the door and moved on. But, uh, I just, I do feel bad for Linda. It's like, uh, I guess that's what happens when you kiss uh, a child, a uh, student's parent. <laughs> you gotta be wrapped up in all this uh, turmoil and uh, uncomfortableness. Luckily for Linda and DJ, Danny can think on his feet. He's like, oh, that's right. Well, guys, I'm sure you've all seen my TV show every day. I'm like, when does it air? They film it in the morning, but it's Wake Up San Francisco. They're in school while you're filming. Because you have time in the morning. It's going to be what? Going on... 8 39 o'clock at this point i mean she's in elementary school so i remember school starting like nine o'clock and after and then getting out sometime after three whereas in high school it's you start i don't know 7 30 but quarter to eight you get out at like 2 22 well that was for me anyway Danny's like, well, we're doing a special on great closets in San Francisco. Oh, I love Kimmy here when she says, when will that closet special be on, Mr. Tanner? And he says, I'll let you know, Kimmy. And he's like, thanks for asking. And he ducks out into the hallway. And DJ's like, amazing. That guy looks just like my dad. And she takes that seat at the front of the class. I really don't feel sorry for DJ or Dan. I just feel bad for Senorita Mosley. <laughs> the repercussions of, of this kiss and everything and then the classroom just getting out of control and then DJ pretty much taking over the classroom with the joke telling and the disruption. It's like, Senorita Mosley, Linda, what's going on? Take control of your classroom. You got a 11 or 12 year old running your class. Really, how did that honestly help take the embarrassment off of DJs? Like, you know, you're putting yourself at the focus of attention when more likely you just want to blend into the background. You're calling more attention to the fact that your dad and your teacher kissed by making these jokes. Which that last one, really? Why does my dad wear I Love Senorita Mosley suspenders to keep my grades up? That was lame. It's not that I'm not attracted to you. I just think it's inappropriate for us to date while you're DJ's teacher. You're right. Why did I kiss you? How could I do such a horrible thing? 
I just said it was inappropriate. I, I didn't think it was repulsive. I meant I shouldn't be involved with a student's parent. And I don't want to put DJ in an awkward position. But you know, I'll only be her teacher for three more months. We'll have dinner the day she graduates. <laughs> yeah. oh, I better slip out the back door. Oh, Danny, Danny, that's the closet. Buenos dias, estudiantes. Ah, let's not get settled yet. You know, we're going to take a field trip to the cafeteria to learn the Spanish words for knife, fork, and mystery meat. That's okay, Senorita Mosley. Ooh, that's the best you can do. You guys need some help. Uh, how about this? Knock, knock. Who's there? Deej. Deej who? Did you see my father kiss the teacher? <laughs> DJ. Oh, no, you love this one. Why does my father wear I love Senorita Mosley suspenders? To keep my grades up. <laughs> okay, clase, vámonos a la cafeteria. Oh, hi, Deej. What did I ever do to you? Class, this isn't what you think. That's right. Well, guys, I'm sure you've all seen my TV show every day. We're doing a special on great closets in San Francisco. When will that closet special be on, Mr. Tanner? I'll let you know, Kimmy. Thanks for asking. Amazing. That guy looks just like my dad. That was in a short sleeve shirt that DJ was wearing. That's a, uh, I swear she, no, she was wearing a red short sleeve. Hold let me go back. Okay, no, I correct myself. That is a red sweatshirt. That is not a red short sleeve shirt because one cuff is all the way down to her wrist and the other one is like pushed past her elbow. Pushed up past her elbow. Okay. So we're back at the house. It's after school. Danny's getting the D he and DJ something to drink while they have a talk. DJ is propped up on the kitchen counter and she's like, Dad, why did you hide in the closet? That's the first place people look. Well, first of all, at least we know that Kimmy and one other student had their coats ready to go hang up in the closet. Does Linda have a rule there that no kid can have a coat in class? I remember, and I've brought this up on other podcasts before, that in high school, or at least, I'd say halfway through, uh, or the first half of uh, junior year, yeah, you up till then you could have your coats in class, but... After Columbine, everything changed. You couldn't have your coats in class. You couldn't... I remember that year, they were talking about the following school year, you know, 99 to 2000, there were going to be a lot of changes. They are talking about, you know, metal detectors and security guards, and everyone will be required to have a see-through book bag. And I got to tell you... That fall of 1999, when I started my, I started my junior year, 99 to 2000. Okay, so it was my sophomore year of high school that this happened. And that fall of my junior year, none of that stuff, to, you still couldn't have your coats in class. And the only reason I liked having a coat in class was, was because 
It seemed like in the winter they had the dang air conditioning on, and then in like uh, late spring, early summer, they were pumping out the heat, and it just seemed like they could never get like an even, even keel with the with the heat and the cool. And like, uh, but what it's, you know, it's it's whatever. I mean. I just, I, I can't believe it's been over 20 years since Columbine happened. And I remember that day in the morning going, and I'm sorry I'm diverting from the end of this episode and talking about this. But I just, yeah, I remember I had a science class that morning. We were in a different classroom for whatever reason. And as soon as we got into the classroom that we're going into for that day, the teacher didn't say anything. She turned on the TV, onto the news. And you just saw the footage and everything. And it was just... To me, that was a big, big moment. Because I don't think anything had happened of that magnitude and that kind of situation before that. Alright, let's get back to DJ and Danny. So Danny's got a couple sodas for them. And he says, I wasn't hiding. I was actually trying to leave. He thought it was a back door. DJ, don't you find that hilarious that your dad thinks there's a back door or another way out of a classroom that doesn't lead into a crowded hallway full of kids? Let me slip into this out the back door that should lead me right out to the parking lot. Uh, No. This isn't Walnut Grove, Minnesota, where the schoolhouse is also the church and has a back door leading to the outside. So Danny gives DJ her soda and he also boosts himself up onto the counter and asks DJ, like, do you remember that speech I gave you about parents making mistakes? And she says, "Mm mm-hmm. he's like, you want to hear it again? And she's like, "Uh uh-uh. So, Danny assures DJ, like, I want you to know that I'm not going to be seeing Linda while she's your teacher. And he does apologize again. He's like, and I'm really sorry, again, that I embarrassed you. Again. Finally, thank you, Danny. As he says, but I think we should talk about what started this whole mess. Your D in Spanish. Again, she's back to accusing him that you wouldn't get my grade changed. And he looks at her and says... You know you deserved that D in Spanish. It's like, girl, do not even try with me. The blame game lies sorely with you, sweetie. And I love how when he looks at her and says, you know you deserve that D. And the look on his face is like, do you want to try to tell me that you don't? (laughs) That you didn't? And DJ, of course, she kind of blows out this excess air and say maybe I did just sort of give up it's like sweetie you did give up you didn't ask for help which I know as a kid and you're not understanding something it is embarrassing to say I don't understand this I don't get this the idea of trying to ask a classmate like can you help me with this you you know if if it's your best friend you're asking, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna tease you and like, oh, you don't understand this stuff, you're an idiot. You know, they're not gonna say that. You ask another class that's the thing. A good example of this. 
sixth grade computer class. I, w I didn't own a computer. I'd never really been on one. Maybe a, ha a couple times on my aunt and uncle's computer, you know, because they had like five kids who were all versed in computer lingo. And I just remember, like, even that first day, they're just going through, the teacher was just explaining the basics, and it's like, it just so fast, I just started falling behind, and the person next to me, I didn't know who they were, I'm like, can you help me here? Girl didn't even. She's like, oh, you need to listen to the teacher, or you need to ask the teacher. And I just, I felt horrible, because I felt stupid, like, other kids around me are understanding this stuff, and I don't get... Well, most of those kids probably all have computers in their houses. I don't know. But I definitely understand where you're learning something that's unfamiliar. But then again, if this is March, DJ's had the last six months of learning this stuff. You're basically, what, Spanish 101, you're learning phrases... You know, eventually, you're going to learn your numbers and your alphabet and, and this and that and then common phrases, right? I mean, heck, she even could have asked Kimmy for... Kimmy wouldn't... You know, Kimmy's always... That's interesting. Kimmy's always copying off of DJ. But in a sense now where Kimmy is grasping stuff because she watched La Bamba five times, that DJ felt maybe semi-inferior to Kimmy. Like, sh Kimmy's getting this, and I, and I don't. Just, you know, this is probably, you know, a first time for DJ, where most of the classes, she's gotten the work. She's understood it. And she's... The idea that you're so... Stuff normally comes so good to you, and when something all of a sudden doesn't, you feel like, maybe you feel like a failure. Maybe you're like, wow, maybe I'm not as smart as I thought I was. But it's like, no. Just... As embarrassing as it is, and this is my Tanner Teachable moment, is then go to the teacher. That is their job to make sure that you are grasping the material. But if you don't say something and you don't bring it up, clearly she could see with DJ's pa you know, papers she was handing in that she wasn't getting the material. Did she go to DJ and say, hey... You're a great student, you have great potential, but I see that your grade is starting to slowly plummet with each worksheet and test I give you. Let's see what, why did it take Danny coming in and saying, I want to, you know, in report card day, which that grade's it. You might have, you got three months left to work on the six months worth of material that you've been it's like, yeah, why Why did Linda just wait till this time, till report cards came around? She really could have, and more, who knows, we don't know the situation, maybe Linda did, maybe she did go to DJ, like, honey, can you please stay after class, I'd like to speak with you, and just, I see that you're struggling with this work, would you like me to kind of help you out? And maybe DJ's like, oh no, I don't need that. I'm good. She probably, DJ does seem like the type where she wouldn't readily right away accept help until she was kind of ultimately forced. Like, you have to finally accept help and realize that you're not getting this and you need someone to kind of step in and guide you along. Break it down. Like, even though Linda had all those signs around their that were the Spanish words, 
I'm not sure. There's an episode of The Simpsons where, and I don't know if the word phonetically is the one where you're like sounding out words, where maybe even in the Spanish language, like you could also be doing it that way. So you're breaking the syllables down in a word to help them understand it more. I don't know. I've never, like I said, I've, I've never, looking back at it now, I wish I had been able to take a foreign language, but like I said, you know, in special ed, they basically taught you the barest of bones of an education. And I'm so honestly envious of kids that even regular, you know, education kids and the education that they, they got and this. I am just so envious, like, all, I mean, the stuff, leaps and bounds, like, kids, half my, kids, guys, that are probably 12 years old, educationally, no farm, I mean, yeah, I have life experience, and I'm sorry I'm, like, going on and on about this, but it's just, oh, yeah, as an adult, you know, would, the education that you get, you know, in special, it, it feels like it just, it limits me in a way as to what I can do. And she tells Danny, she says, let's face it, I'm no good in Spanish. And she goes over to the table. She like hops down from, it's like whenever she doesn't want to face a problem anymore, just kind of like cuts it off like, okay, I don't want to talk about this anymore, she will get up and walk away from the conversation. Like, case story, uh, conversation's closed, subject's closed, they don't want to, but was she gonna go walk upstairs to her bedroom? Like, okay, conversation's closed, subject's closed, I'm going upstairs. Cause he hops down too and he's like, hold it, Deej, come here. Like, we're not done talking about this. And I get that this is hard for DJ probably to admit like, I'm no good at this. And probably maybe she feels like, in her eyes, like, my dad won't be proud of me unless I have A's in all my classes, which is not the case. But I can imagine for a kid that that's got to be hard to feel like you're not doing good in a class and your parent is going to look down on you like, oh, you should be smarter than this or why can't you grasp this material? So there's a... I'm guessing this has got to be a footrest that's supposed to go to that little um, bench that's the same material. The footstool also, same material as the couch in the living room with the blue and white squares or the plaid. Also, I do see another baby gate that leads to upstairs. So, Danny sits down on the footrest and he has DJ you know, sit on his knee, even though she's 12. And he tells her, it's like, honey, I understand. It's frustrating, you know, that so many things come so easily to you. I like this little lesson that he, he says, you know, some things normally come so easily to you and it's hard when, you know, something's so difficult. But if you give up, you're going to miss out on a lot that's valuable. And Danny's right, you know, there is no better feeling than conquering something that's really hard for you. Something that you probably struggled with for, for months. And the payoff when you finally, like, that light bulb above your head goes off. And the satisfaction of, like, okay, I get it now. 
You'll have to berate yourself like, why was I so stupid that I didn't get it the first? No, don't. Just relish the fact that you finally, it's paid off. Your hard work and dedication to really conquer and master something that you've really struggled with. And it's almost like something that you're like, well, there's another, you know, thing I can scratch off the list of things that I've struggled with. And I'm like, all right, toss the next thing at me because I'm ready for it. Don't go into, and, and that's a good lesson for me, really, is don't go into something you don't understand with a dis- defeatist attitude because you're just going to give up. I mean, and that, that's with me with, you know, learning to drive in a new place. I am beyond terrified. I don't know the streets. I don't know the ways of, you know, the road, the lanes is another thing. It scares me to death of making a mistake and getting hurt. Or hurting someone else. Because I don't know the layout. I mean, I'm sure in six months from now, I will be having a very different outlook. I hope that six months from now, when I'm talking to you about another Full House episode, I can update you and say, hey, I've found my way around. Right now, I'm at baby baby steps. Grocery store across the street. The Target up the road. The Walmart past the light from Target and the CVS. It's all about just baby steps, being comfortable and having, you know, Jeremy take me and then me driving with him riding in the passenger seat and then the next step is me making the drive myself. And he asks her, he says, do you know what I mean? And she's like, yeah, but what if I work as hard as I can and still can't get an A? I love Danny here. He tells her, then I'll be proud of you for working as hard as you can. And that's a great, honey, if you don't get an A, that's not a big deal. Just know that you tried, you did as good as you can do. That's all that matters is that you put your all and you, you work your hardest. But I think, you know, nowadays, as of, you know, 2020, there are so many tools that people can use to learn a foreign language. You know, I've never used the Rosetta Stone, but I hear that that's a great program and just... And even, you know, things to break down for for children that are, you know, learning new language. It's just learning even basic English, you know, Apple or... Uh... What's another law? School. 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 But you're going to learn more about sounding out words and syllables and everything in the Spellbound episode. Because not just Stephanie is competing in a spelling bee, but Michelle is wanting to learn how to read. And she says, okay, I'll try. And he says, thanks. And she informs him, that's gracias. Thanks is gracias. She tells Danny that he is a padre muy bueno. And Danny's like, huh? She tells him that means you're a great dad. Or, according to Google Translator, it means very good father. And they hug. Here comes silent Stephanie. (laughs) 
as Jesse and Joey trail behind her, just demanding her to talk, demanding to know what is going on in the first grade. <laughs> she's walking, her lips are like tightly sealed, and she's shaking her head like, nope, nope, not gonna do it, not gonna give in. And Jesse is like, come on, Steph. I can't take the silence anymore, please. I miss the old chatterbox. Joey's like, come on, let's hear a little chatter. And Stephanie's like, are you sure? And DJ, DJ's like, yeah, are you guys sure? And Danny's like, we want to hear everything that happened today. DJ, of course, is, tells them, I think I'll go do my ha Spanish homework. She tells the guys, like, okay, boys, have a seat. Because she is going to unload some major dirt. <laughs> Not necessarily about everything that happened in school, but just at Everything since she took that vow of silence. So this is just probably before school. She tells them that Mr. Gibbler ran over his garbage can and then got TV dinner trays all over the street. So Kimmy and her family eat a lot of banquet slash hungry man meals. Or Swanson meals. Which aren't bad. I mean, they make some pretty good ones. I like the banquet fried chicken. Jesse's like, you don't say. And Stephanie is like, she's just getting warmed up here. She's like, I do say. I remember this as a kid, Stephanie saying, and then I saw a dog that looked just like a lion. But and she says, I thought it really was a lion until Mrs. Norton hit it on the head with a newspaper. So there's another neighbor we learned about, Mrs. Norton, who... I thought about this as a kid. I couldn't, like, tell, like, what kind of dog she was talking about. And then I'm like, wait a minute. The Chow Chow has that that mane that surrounds its face that kind of does give it a little bit of a lion appearance. Oh, when, after Mrs. Norton hit the dog on the head with the newspaper, it barked. So Stephanie's like, so I was pretty sure it was a dog. And Danny's like, really? I love Stephanie's response. Would I make that up? Like, are you kidding me? I don't know who Virginia Godding is. Maybe it's a classmate. But she says that she got $5 from the Tooth Fairy. It must have been a pretty big tooth. I'm just thinking, remember the episode where Jesse and Becky break up? The episode breaking up in 22 minutes is hard, is hard to do in 22 minutes. And Danny accidentally gives Stephanie a $20 bill for her lost tooth. For her, you know, loose tooth. Yeah. So she's already been losing because we do see that like on the bottom row of teeth, Stephanie does have one or two teeth missing. So she asked Danny, are my teeth too small or do I have a cheap tooth fairy? I love how she goes around to each guy and tells <laughs> like first she went over to Jesse about the chow chow dog she thought was a lion. Then she went over to Danny about the tooth fairy. Then she goes back over to Joey. We don't hear what she's saying because the credits of her are already rolling. Dad, why did you hide in the closet? That's the first place everyone looks. I wasn't hiding. I was trying to leave. <laughs> DJ, do you remember that speech I gave you about parents making mistakes? Mm-hmm. Want to hear it again? No. <laughs> Look, I just want you to know that I'm not going to see Linda while she's your teacher. And I'm really sorry again that I embarrassed you again. But I think we should talk about what started this whole mess. That you wouldn't get my grade changed. You know you deserved that D. 
All right. Maybe I just sort of gave up. But let's face it, I'm no good in Spanish. Hold it, Deej. Come here. Look. Honey, I understand it's frustrating. So many things come so easily to you. But not everything will. And if you give up on something just because it's difficult, you're going to miss out on a lot that's valuable. There's no better feeling than conquering something that's really hard for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what if I work as hard as I can and I still can't get an A? Then I'll be proud of you for working as hard as you can. Okay, I'll try. Thanks. That's gracias. You're a padre muy bueno. Huh? <laughs> that means you're a great dad. <laughs> Come on, Steph. I can't take the silence. Please, I miss the old chatterbox. That's your little chatter. Are you sure? Yeah, are you guys sure? We want to hear everything that happened today. I think I'll go do my Spanish homework. <laughs> okay, boys, have a seat. Okay. This morning, Mr. Gibble ran his car over a garbage can and he got TV dinner trays all over the street. You don't say. I do say. <laughs> then I saw a dog that looked just like a lion. I thought it really was a lion. But then Mrs. Norton came out and hit it on the head with a newspaper. And then it barked. So I was pretty sure it was a dog. Really? Will I make that up? <laughs> and did you hear what happened to Virginia Godding? She got $5 from the Tooth Fairy. Must have been a big tooth. My teeth too small or do I have a cheap Tooth Fairy? All right, and that is the episode, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know this <laughs> review was a bit long, well, over three hours, but um, yeah. So let's see here. Best and worst outfit. I think best outfit for me is going to be when Jesse and Joey were at the studio, or not the studio, they were at. Um, I'm just going to call it a warehouse with uh, production equipment. Now, let me see here. Someone's going to get best. Someone's going to get runner-up. I got to get... I'm gonna, I was going to give it to Jesse with his um, electric blue suit. He's getting runner-up. Michelle with the adorable blue, light blue dress with the... Um, poofy sleeves, and then the white heart sunglasses with the rhinestones, and her saying, hey, babe, <laughs> that is getting first place, and Jessie's getting runner-up. Now, for the worst outfit, I kind of want to give it to Senorita Mosley in the beginning of the episode when Danny first go Danny go first goes to talk to her. She's wearing that black dress with, like, the bluish-reddish small flowers on it. It just really didn't look that great. It really didn't look flattering on her either. I mean, I know that her eyeshadow and her lipstick kind of match the colors of the flowers on the dress, but it just like, eh. I mean, I, the dress she wore when Danny was talking to her about how they shouldn't see each other while she's still DJ's teacher, that it seemed like the definitely theme of blue and red. 
in this episode. DJ with the red, what I thought was a red t-shirt, is a red sweatshirt. And Linda wearing the blue dress in the second scene that she was in. Jesse with his electric blue suit jacket. Um, runner up. Yeah, I gotta give it to Danny's suit jacket. I did not like it. It felt like like a pattern like you'd find on a couch. Like the the lines running through. It just mm, didn't really like it. So I'm gonna have to say also let's go to Tanner's. I'm calling it Tanner's Teachable Moments. So the first one I did kind of talk about with if you're trying something that's difficult and normally everything comes easy to you or even if things don't come easily to you and you're struggling, there is no shame in asking for help. Honestly. That's the only way. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Like I said, that doesn't mean you're stupid. doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means that you need a little bit of a boost in grasping what you're reading. You know, once you get it, like I said, once that light bulb goes on, green light for go. You're good. You're golden, basically. Once you grab, like I said, once you grasp some of the material, I mean, go run with it. It's just, I, I got this. But don't feel embarrassed if you don't understand something right away. So that's kind of, that's for DJ. Um... I gotta say this about Danny, like, just because, you know, a woman is not attached to somebody is no real reason to pursue her. I mean, Linda's a nice lady and everything like that, but maybe, you know, go out, hang out, go for, you know, drink, lunch, dinner, whatever. But it doesn't mean you gotta be in a relationship, which, then again, he's probably not looking to be in a relationship he's just looking you know we can go out and hang out and stuff without the pressure of me embarrassing my feeling you know putting dj's needs and feelings above his own which we don't see linda after this we don't hear about her we don't know what's going on you know she's maybe she met a beautiful man got married settled down had a baby couple babies started a family i i wish nothing but good things for linda in the Jesse and Joey Michelle department, do not give your kid a bag, a tall bag of many marshmallows and just leave them unsupervised. They will eat and eat and eat until eventually they realize their satiety has been far beyond reached and they are sick and puking up marshmallow goo. <laughs> yeah, that was bad parenting on their part. They should have restricted... You know, that, yeah, because the whole time you see her, she's got the bag right next to her, and it's filled, and you see each scene, the marshmallows are in the bag are getting less and less and less until there's, like, next to none in there. It's like, you could have just given her a few, did the line, then waited until you got to the studio, and then given her some so she's not, like, tummy full. Because I felt, she probably felt miserable. She probably felt sick. She probably had bathroom issues. I feel, I just, I felt bad for her. And maybe she's kept doing it because she, maybe, you know, the marshmallows are yummy. The first few that you have. 
And maybe she liked the attention that, you know, Jesse and Joey were lavishing on her. Like, oh, I gotta keep seeing yummy in the tummy! Yummy in the tummy! And, mm. and for Stephanie, I know kids, like, you know, want to ask you for help and everything. But if the teacher is giving a lesson, if she is talking, then that is most likely the time to just say, you know, I can't help you right now, you know, later. And just, you know, listen to the teacher. I just thought of a scene from a movie, and I'm going to play this itty-bitty clip, and then I'll tell you what the, um, I'll just tell you what the scene is. It's from the movie The War from 1994 with Kevin Costner and Elijah Wood. It's a really great movie. I reviewed it last summer in two parts on my Looking Back on My Wonder Years, A Wonder Years podcast. Definitely check it out. It does have, you know, mild language in it, you know, me and everything. But, um, the scene of, it kind of made me think about it, you know, when Danny said your teacher says you're talking in class that you're being disruptive or actually she didn't, she needs to control her talking in class. And it just made me think of this one scene with Christine Baranski playing the teacher to, the daughter of the main character who's going to summer school in, they live in Mississippi. And it's an integrated class with white kids and black kids. And just the only scene you're going to hear is just the teacher reprimanding a student for interrupting her while she's teaching. Just made me think, like, what if the teacher had reacted this way if Stephanie were talking during class and interrupting her? Okay, here's a clip. Excuse me, darling. When the teacher is speaking, the polite thing for girls and boys to do is to shut their little mouths and listen, you understand? Just can you imagine Stephanie's teacher reacting to her talking in class like this? Oh, basically, shut your little mouth. What the southern drawl and all. And I'm just like, oh boy. Danny be going down. All three of the guys will be going down. Like, excuse me, what did you tell my daughter to do? Yes, I highly recommend 1994 The War with Kevin Costner and Elijah Wood. This is the moment that actually introduced me to the actress, Christine Baranski, just the character that she played, and from then on, I just, it seemed like some of the characters she played, it's just like, I can't stand this woman. What's the other one? Oh, she was in Cruel Intentions. She played Selma Blair's uh, character's mother. Ugh. Again, another, another character you just hate. She also actually was on The Big Bang Theory as Leonard's mother. She was also in The Grinch. She was also in a show called I think, is it The Good Wife? But you just you hate her in this movie The War. She is a horrible racist teacher. And the movie actually is set in 1970. So the most relatable character in this episode I actually don't have one. Um, like I said, I never learned a foreign language in school. I never got in trouble for talking and disrupting the teacher. I was more, the comments on my report card would say like, oh, Angela is very, especially when I was really like Stephanie's age, just saying that I'm really, and they use the term unnormally shy. Like that's even a thing. 
Because I, I was. I was very, very shy when the teacher would call on me. And the way that they described it was, it's almost like she would visibly shrink in stature. So, that is the first episode, like I said, in the Back to School Part 2 series. The next episode, as I said, we are going to be covering is Season 5, Episode 17, entitled Spellbound. In this episode, Stephanie participates in a spelling bee. And... Plot two, or plot B, Michelle learns to read. So, yeah, just another step in Michelle's development. Is that that? In season five, Michelle's five years old, and just, you know, hearing Stephanie is the best speller in the house, she's. That encourages Michelle, like, why don't I know how to read? Why can't I read yet? And I like Becky saying that, well, everyone learns at their own pace. And Michelle, like, is determined, like, I'm gonna learn to read. And it seems like Danny, DJ, and Uncle Jesse all take turns having their own variation of teaching Michelle how to read with letters and Danny with his letters relating to like Clorox or bleach or um, Ajax. DJ, I remember she was more into the sound, different sounds that letters make, which that, um, she's not, she's not ready yet, DJ. (laughs) You're jumping like five or six steps ahead when you're still on step one. (laughs) <laughs> the fact that an A can make more than one sound like ah or uh so yeah look forward to that next week Spellbound and then after that we'll go into the Fuller house with Fast Times at Bayview High and President Fuller so I always like to remind you if you haven't yet this podcast not only is it a weekly podcast it's also a clean and family friendly podcast i i like to remind everyone that's new to the podcast that this is safe to listen to with your kids around and it's meant for everybody so subscribe also if you've been listening for a while you really enjoy the podcast if you want to support it you can go on to itunes apple podcasts and leave a review You can have fun with it by putting in emojis. Try to get me to guess like the character or the episode title, which might be a little harder (laughs) if you're just using emojis, but I can definitely take a shot at it. So, and if you'd like to email the podcast to let me know about your favorite characters, again, your top 10, top five list, best, worst characters, best, worst episodes, I would love to hear from you or even what full house and fuller house mean to you so that email address is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com and i always put the email address in the episode description have a great weekend everybody bye bye